This is Pirate Radio, WGHB Farmville, 1250 at 92.7 FM Greenville, WDLX Washington, 930 at 104.1 FM Washington. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. He's a cool cat, man. Superstitious beers. Superstitious beers. I got a little taco meat on my chest. I grabbed a handful of lunch meat and shoved it (laughs) down my teammate's throat. I'm a former long snapper. At the Burlington... uh, I have no idea what the f*** just happened. Did not flub at all. It send it in. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host... Clip Brock. Hi, right, welcome in to a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. It is great to be back with you after a long break. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio studios coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch the show on facebook live and on youtube and we got a packed show for you today a lot of different topics to hit including ecu football and ecu football opponents we will continue our ecu football opponents preview on today's show with Corey glore play-by-play voice of the tulane green wave what a year the green wave had in 2022 we'll talk about their upcoming 23 with the play-by-play voice of tulane Corey glore coming up at four o'clock wnct channel 9's garrett short will join us inside the pirate radio studios coming up at around 4 30 to talk about what's going on in the world of sports a lot of former pirates getting it done on the diamond throughout professional baseball we'll touch on that and more coming up with garrett short in hour number two hour three marcus crandall former pirate great hall of famer uh joined us earlier in the studio this afternoon and we had a conversation with one of his former receivers mitch galloway you'll hear from the former pirate receiver and marcus crandall coming up in hour number three had a long chat with those guys talking about some old memories uh talked about football today and more and we got that coming your way in hour number three of today's show we got the chan man here intern connor the big dog glenn griffin jonathan ellerby here in studio hello jonathan hello clipper good to be back great to be back and a lot to uh, catch up on and talk about and also chris Deva joining us here to kick off today's show and uh, chris we appreciate your time as well how you doing yeah doing great thanks for uh, having me on today yes sir and a lot going on lrb and well we need to kind of bullet point it all but we're here to, to talk about something uh huge and important going on and a really cool deal yeah, you may have seen it on uh, social media through uh, the East Carolina channels. Pirate Radio has uh, put it out there as well. But uh, the ECU Foundation, which uh, Chris is the vice chancellor, you guys have uh, helped launch a uh, scholarship drive where we're kind of teaming up with a bunch of people that cared a lot about Jeff Charles, the voice. And uh, we're going to try to honor Jeff and uh, let his legacy live on through East Carolina by endowing a scholarship in his name. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for having me on to talk about this. It's important, and, and kudos to the Pirate Radio folks for initiating this idea and bringing it and, and wanting to do something special in Jeff's name. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Voice was such a big part of uh, what we did here, Clip, uh, for 20 years. Just a great partner, a great friend, colleague, mentor, all of the above, and just an all-around great person. And uh, when we tragically lost him in uh, February, there was uh, 
more people outside this building that we all kind of came together and said, hey, look, what can we do? And uh, there's going to be somebody that wants to be the next Jeff Charles. There's going to be the next person that's going to come to East Carolina University that wants to do play-by-play broadcasting, that wants to paint it purple, hopefully here, or or paint it somewhere else. And uh, we thought, man, well, let's endow a scholarship uh, for Jeff Charles in the uh, ECU School of Communication and uh, let – so many students can come through and and benefit from that chris yeah um you know the, the key word there is endow and i think it's important to uh to sort of uh give a little bit of background on that when we set up an endowment it's a high hurdle to to get the money in but it's permanent it's forever uh jeff's name uh the purpose of providing scholarships for young men and women coming through the program it's permanent it's in perpetuity um and that's why well, we want to do this. And to uh, endow a scholarship, uh, you need to raise $25,000. Is that yeah. right? Like I said, it's a high hurdle. 25000 is a lot of money. Uh, but I know that uh, his, uh, his fans and those who want to support this will will get there. So the idea that uh, came about with a group of people is that we're going to do a 50-50 raffle. And uh, so it's a chance for you to be a winner, Clip Rock. It's, uh, <laughs> you, you can uh, buy a raffle ticket. There are 200 raffle tickets, 100 purple, 100 gold tickets and uh, there's going to be two winners so uh, that'll be twenty thousand dollars raised and ten thousand dollars will be given away five thousand to two different winners one out of the purple ticket box and one out of the gold ticket box and we're going to have an event at ube on tuesday august the 15th so uh if you haven't seen the ad or the link on our social media go check it out we can uh, you can scan the qr code or click on the link and you can buy as many tickets as you want really you can as, buy you, as many as you want and uh the, the, everything is run through the ecu foundation at, yes. uh, at east carolina and then you guys will be writing the checks to the winners uh, that night. And you'll be able to come to a nice little reception we're going to have at UBE with a lot of folks. You don't have to be present to win, though. So uh, if uh, you're sitting and you're listening online or if you don't think you're going to be available that day, no worries. But uh, if you want to help us help uh, raise that money and kickstart a great endowment for Jeff Charles, it's it's real simple. Yeah, it's real simple. Go to social media. You'll find the QR code or the direct link um, on that. And, And it's really important, as you said. You don't have to be present. So if you're listening... Uh, you're not here in Greenville. You don't have an opportunity to come out on that Tuesday evening. Um, you know, if you're listening and you want to be a part of this, we, you can do it from many, many miles away. So, um, you know, uh, please, we're doing two chances to win, both a purple ticket and a gold ticket. And so you have two two chances. And Don Edwards at UBE, he's really excited. He's got some really, we're going to have some other raffle prizes, some uh, cool food and drinks for uh, people to come and uh, tell some good stories about The Voice and uh, just a real good uh, memory night on uh, Tuesday, August the 15th. And uh, with that, I mean, if we sell all 200 tickets, that means we'll have 10,000 towards the endowment. We ha- also have some other folks that have stepped up and just made a donation, didn't buy tickets, but have just made a donation to uh, help with the endowment for Jeff Charles. And if people want to do that chris if uh they're they're not in or they want to buy some tickets or if they just want to make a donation to this they can call your office or do that through this link as well right yeah thanks for bringing that up because first of all i want to thank those individuals who who want to do a philanthropic gift um to help get this started and and there's a number of of you who are hopefully listening so uh deepest appreciation for that and you're absolutely right so if you want to give fifty dollars if you want to give five hundred dollars if there's no real set amount and um there's a link on the social media to that as well. You can also call my office at 252-328-9550. Or you can just email me directly if you have questions. And and if you know my last name, it's DYBA. And so we try to keep the email simple, dyba at ecu.edu. Real easy, Cliff. 
easy enough uh chad pike tuned in from a crowded north myrtle beach that he bought a raffle ticket a couple days ago so awesome got Excellent. folks from uh from everywhere getting involved in this yeah and uh, we've we just started just uh last week of course we were uh, on a little holiday break but we did release uh everything ecu put yep. it out first and then uh we've had some links on our social media and uh off to a good start so uh trying to get everything sold out sooner than later so jump on that or uh, jump on and make a donation and then also we also in addition we'll be talking about this later this week clip but the pirate radio football kickoff party is coming thursday august 31st at the state theater and uh, we're going to announce the band this thursday and some other details about our party and release tickets to that but we are going to donate all the money the proceeds from that to uh, this endowment scholarship as well so there's there's going to be many ways that we're going to be able to help uh, out uh, and get this uh, scholarship endowed and uh, get it over the twenty five thousand dollars chris toba that's the goal to go ahead and knock this out some people think you don't have to go ahead and knock out an endowment all at once but we wanted to go ahead and do that this year uh just really honor the voice uh because we sure are going to miss him painting it purple this year yeah the sooner we get it the sooner we can manage that those funds and and provide spinoff um you know the way endowments work is we never we never spend the corpus so if we raise 25 26 27 000 that money is never um never uh no we don't take from that we take from the earnings and so the sooner we get it endowed, the sooner it can start spinning off and helping a student. And spinning off, that means like a, a student in the ECU School of Communication Absolutely. will start to get X number of dollars per year. That, that there's a process where you they, they can pick who gets the scholarship each year. Is that right? Yeah, the way the foundation manages the money, we distribute it to the School of uh, excuse me School of Communications, and that scholarship committee will find a worthy student that meets all the criteria and broadcast journalism things like that, and and we'll make that award. I remember a clip. You'll probably remember. Uh, you know, over the years we've done the Pirate Radio Party, we'd always donate money to the Heather Ann Pertee Scholarship uh, in honor of Jeff's daughter who who passed away in 1992 to the ECU School of Nursing. She was studying to be a a nursing student and all the stories of handwritten letters he would get from uh, students that would say, hey, this scholarship really helped me get through ECU and the School of Nursing. So it has a powerful impact, uh, these dollars that that are raised to help students uh, and then go on. And as I said, we're hoping to find the next Jeff Charles, the next person that wants to paint it purple either here at east carolina or somewhere else Absolutely. so uh, but the, obviously we had a great impact uh and jeff and his wife debbie do, establishing that scholarship uh in his daughter's name yeah you know we we really for those listening we didn't plan these comments um and so you know when as i hear this is why i love my job uh, been at ecu for more than nine years coming up on my 10th year and i i do this because i love raising money for these purposes uh, for scholarships to to invest in, in great ECU students and, and invest in our faculty and our departments and um, you get to see that benefit and you do get to hear from the students and the the affected changes their lives absolutely a lot of cool stuff so uh, once again if you're just joining us the 50 50 raffle your chance you could win five thousand dollars you could win ten thousand dollars if you buy in the purple or in the gold tea. it's real easy if you scan the qr code on the ad on our social media or the ecu advancement social media or you go to the link or you can go to ube in person yes or you can call us here at the studio and we'll go i'll text it to you if I, i'll do whatever it takes whatever to it help takes. to get this uh scholarship endowed but uh, we're trying to sell the 200 tickets sooner than later so help spread the word if you're out there listening or watching and then uh, so go to ube scan the qr code go to the link and uh, we're gonna have a nice reception on tuesday august 15th gonna be awesome it's gonna be great it's gonna be we're gonna paint the raffle purple clip rock i uh, i'm excited about it and uh, again anything we can do to 
to keep the voices name alive um we'll certainly do we're gonna miss him at the party this year. we talk about him doing shows here being on the pregame show but uh always had a, a big speech at the party every year too Ellery. yeah he was uh one of the best uh, you know originally we did the first ever pirate radio football kickoff party because pirate radio was turning 10 years old and jeff was going to be his 25th year as the voice of the yeah. pirates it was going to be a one-time event well we did that for 10 years all the way up through covid and then that was the only thing that slowed us down there but jeff would always get on the stage every year and uh fire the fans up and uh was just a great ambassador for east carolina for eastern north carolina for pirate radio for just just everything just an all-around uh, great person we were talking before the, you were looking at the bobblehead yeah, we have on the desk it. we i think we have the only autographed jeff charles bobblehead he signed the back of this one and it sits here in the studio we end the show with the voice uh, every day here on pirate radio live so he was a he was a very special person and this is just a small gesture of think of how we can pay back to uh honor his legacy and uh, we're super excited to be doing this on the 15th of august at ube and then of course celebrating him even more on the 31st with the pirate radio football kickoff party well chris uh thanks for joining us yeah thank Great you stuff. And, and to everybody listening thank you for your support of the scholarship and uh ellerby you know hang out in yeah. another segment all right we'll uh, we'll take a break we'll come back got a lot to catch up on from our week off uh here inside the pirate radio studios at best of last week but back live with you now so we'll catch you up on some of that talk some pirate football and more when we return hour one of pirate radio live back with you after this Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, Pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Order Jersey Mike subs on the mobile app and get delivery right to your home or save time and order ahead to skip the line to pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's a sub above. Now let's head back in the PRL. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right, back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. And glad to be back with you after our 4th of July break. And I came in earlier today and saw that Santa Ellerby had dropped off a Phil Steele College Football 23 preview magazine, which uh, gets the juices going, Ellerby. Gets me excited about that time i know you usually i get those before the fourth of july break but i think uh with obviously the transfer portal and everything else his magazine was a little bit delayed so i got it over the holiday break and i had it waiting for you when you got back and i'll uh, look forward to having phil on the radio with uh the crew here and hearing about uh his breakdown of his magazine this year excitement time no doubt about it coach and phil still has east carolina in the middle of the pack kind of right where i've seen him as far as gambling odds go and things like that he's got east carolina sixth out of a new 14 team aac with the newcomers coming in so he's got them i've been saying lrb there's kind of a big four at least at the top when you look at odds and who's going to win the american this year and that includes tulane who uh, won it last year memphis and smu a couple of holdovers uh, that have been with the american and newcomer utsa who phil Steele actually has at the top jeff nadu uh, also picking 
UTSA to win the AAC this year. And I said if I had to drive to Virginia and put something on somebody, I, I would pick, if not ECU, UTSA. The uh, Road Runners? The Road Runners. Meep, meep. So, um, and East Carolina sixth amongst those teams, according to Phil Steele. And we'll have him on to talk about why he has East Carolina placed there. But, uh, you know, I, I wonder. And Phil still doesn't care what anybody else predicts, but I wonder if a lot of these predictions, you see odds come out, and then somebody will make predictions off that, and the next person will make predictions off. You know, just kind of groupthink a little bit. Yeah. But as far as ECU, I mean, I, I think that's pretty fair. I've got questions like everybody does about who's going to be the starting quarterback. What's it going to be like without Keaton Mitchell bailing the Pirates out when they need him? What's it going to be like without Isaiah Winstead and C.J. Johnson making big plays? So I think the sixth is uh, is pretty fair from where I see it. Well, and the one thing that, I mean, just knowing how many times we've had Phil still on the radio is he calls every coach. I, not every coach talks to him, but I think he talks to about – 80 to 85 percent of them including mike houston this yeah. year i saw he does his own homework so he, he is like locked and loaded with with everything and all the studying he does and the one thing we've done with interviews with him you can be asking him east carolina stuff and then you can say hey look well what about that linebacker at utsa and he'll switch right to it just like that i mean he knows his stuff like i mean he is prepared he is knowledgeable he is a living breathing college football just uh, encyclopedia so uh magazine is out and, and it's really good my son we were driving down on the coast and he was sitting in the back seat and he was like just blurting out fast facts for about an hour the whole way we were driving so uh certainly uh some good stuff and uh, we'll see you know it is the most accurate magazine over the last 15 20 years so uh Phil still there you go clip you got uh you got when you say you have nothing to do you have plenty to do right now got a lot of reading to do uh no doubt and utsa has a very experienced quarterback they have their very own version of holton aylers this year uh frank harris who played in four games in 2019 and played in 2020 started everything in 21 22 and he's back again this year so they are coming to into a situation which is why they have high expectations a lot of it lrb is dependent upon the quarterback they've got a guy that is going into uh it'll be his fifth year playing football for the roadrunners yeah that uh quarterback experience is huge i mean everything you read about michigan is the reason that most people are projecting them to be the number one team in the country is because of their quarterback is back jj mccarthy is uh so I, everyone is giving them so much props and credit as the as the team to beat right now because of the experience at quarterback that Michigan is bringing back and of course I think their offensive line is pretty decent as well so uh, it'll definitely be interesting when uh, we get Phil on the radio to hear his breakdown of that that first game and then uh, just a lot of questions those next three games Marshall App and then uh, Gardner Webb what what can the Pirates do at the end of September, what would their record look like? Because we know how hard that first game is going to be, and you hate to throw in the towel, but really I think that that first home game against Marshall really helps set the tone for the rest of September. It's almost going to be a swing game, I think, and will the Pirates win it and uh, get to one-and-one, one, setting up a huge game against App State, or will they be backs against the wall heading to Boone 0-2? Oh and, and we've talked about it all day here in the building. We're 54 days away till East Carolina, Michigan. I mean, it is it is on I mean, it, it is going to start moving fast. Everybody thinks they had their July 4th vacation. Maybe you got a few more 
pool or beach or river or family get-togethers but boom we're going to be in august before you know it clip rock how many days when's the first uh nfl game i, I know look you, up that, that, uh, that's the one you really always talk about the most because you love that hall of fame game well i like to do the x number of days until football right. is on tv every week mm-hmm. so uh let's see august 3rd we'll look at the david price construction countdown to kickoff uh and see how many days away we are and LRB, that number is 24 days. Till not till pirate football. <laughs> no. Till NFL football. Until a game, a football game is on your television. And that, of course, is the start to preseason. So basically, we're 24 days away until there's a football game on your TV every week until late February or, mm. you know early february i think you guys should do a watch along for the hall of fame <laughs> game this year to see we could do like a survivor i know y'all are going to do survivor on wednesday maybe because yeah we do have survivor coming up this week. but survivor could be we could get like 10 or 20 guys in the room for the hall of fame game and like leave like the, a prize that whoever stays at the end all right are you are you in i I'm, i don't know <laughs> all right well i'm not gonna do it if you're not in well i'm just thinking about what's that like what day is that sunday august 3rd is that what they do it on a thursday now uh, they, that was a very chordy i know job. yeah it was a very y'all should do this yeah uh, i'm just coming up with the ideas here you're the idea man i'm the idea not guy. the execution man well i, don't, I mean i would you're not out. the executioner i would come by and eat some wings and then leave because i don't i don't have any intention of staying because i know you guys LR- outlast me because i don't have zero interest in the hall of fame game lrb is judge jury but not the executioner mm. we are the executioners i'll do it uh tell you what hook up some wings for us lrb okay. and i'll watch every snap oh you if a- is that a guarantee, Tony Collins? If um, I do have some clauses yes. on um, on where we are watching this okay. watch party, all right, and and we'll, we can discuss that right, on or that. off the air. Maybe maybe we'll make this on the road event. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. all right. Where are we? Is anybody going to be showing this game in town? <laughs> like, we'll make know, somebody show this. I don't know if the bars will have that on. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, in uh, sports tonight, LRB, we are uh, at the All-Star break. The Atlanta Braves, the one of the best teams ever assembled in any sport ever, uh, had a fantastic first half of the season. But uh, All-Star break in Major League Baseball. So we have hit a uh, bit of a lull in the sports world, which is why we have Wimbledon on, on, uh, on TV. Mm-hmm. Day tennis. But you got, can't beat that, right? Yeah, you can beat day tennis. There's absolutely <laughs> a lot of things you can beat. Now, breakfast at Wimbledon, pretty good sometimes. Okay, you know? yeah. That's not too bad. On the but, weekend, but, championship but weekend. day tennis during the week, uh, not so interesting. Not not much going on there. Uh, Gavin Williams has been fantastic. He's uh, had the luxury of starting against the Royals a couple times, which helped. But uh, pitched pretty well against Atlanta giving up four runs in that game and uh looks like he has found his spot in that guardians rotation and uh tito uh, his manager terry francona loves him the fans love him and uh he is now uh, a guardian favorite lb with the way he's been able to throw yeah i mean i think he's kind of planted his flag and i knock on wood is he there to stay for the whole second half of the season at this point i mean he, he seems to do over four starts as uh proven that uh he, now he played the a's the royals twice and the braves but uh i think he's done pretty well even the braves game it wasn't that ridiculous was it like a 4-3 game or something like that it was it wasn't like a, you know the braves didn't just run him off the mound very very yeah. early so. and he was finally able to get a win because he finally got some run support he had not yes. got much run support in his first three starts but did in fact got zero run support um in his second and third start they put up zero runs while he was in 
pitching, uh, but was able to get that in his uh, fourth start and pick up his first major league win. And Connor Norby's been on fire at AAA Norfolk, uh, hoping he gets called up to the Orioles soon. The Orioles are playing good baseball. Uh, they're in, what, second place in the AL East right yeah, now? Yeah, and only a couple back because the Braves were able to win that series against the Rays, and the Rays were swept right before that. So the O's go into the All-Star break. Remember when the Rays were off to that tremendous start of the season? 13-0. Orioles are two games back at yeah. the All-Star break. There you go. Right there in striking I mean, distance. can you believe you're, you're talking about the Rays and the Orioles in first and second place in that, uh, and then what is it, the Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox after that? Yeah, uh, Red Sox in last, uh, one game behind the Yankees and the Guardians, by the way. Uh, Gavin pitching them into first place. They are a half game up on the Twins as we head into the All-Star break. Got home run derby coming up tonight. All-Star game Tuesday night in Seattle. And uh, we will play Pirate Radio Survivor on Wednesday. For those uh, who have been around, maybe uh, this started on the sports bar back in the day, when uh, the worst sports day of the year when nothing's going on. No, uh, None of the big four anyway with baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Uh, we play Survivor. Uh, we simulate an entire season of Survivor in three hours, and we will be doing that uh, coming up on Wednesday. I'm, I'm finalizing who's going to be in the game this year, how we want to do it, but we'll have all the uh, Pirate Radio personalities involved. Are you going to have uh, some people from the outside? I mean, are you going to are you going to mix anybody from East Carolina, like coaches or? Yeah, we've done that in the past. Uh, administrators, coaches, and uh, I've got to meet with the committee. Which is basically myself uh, tonight, and think about that. So, you, Clip is meeting with Clip tonight? Yeah, we're going to have a big meeting. Could I nominate that maybe we have some of our NIL athletes, like Lane Hoover, and <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, you know, may, would sandwich meat come up during Survivor this oh, year? Wow. Yeah. Could we have, you know, Josh Gross involved in this? I Josh mean, Gross, uh, you go on those like rewards where you get a lunch food? or something. Yeah. And Gross is feeding everyone there, perhaps. I, I just think that that might add some intrigue. <clears throat> All right. To the mix. Yeah. We're going to include all our Pirate Radio personalities, and we'll still have, we'll have a few wild cards that we can throw this, in as well. Uh, Marcus Crandall. Could, could oh, he's he, definitely in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there's there's a good 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 group of people. How many people can you have? I believe I can do either 18 or 20, depending on um, how the game the game I set up. Maybe, maybe you'll take suggestions on YouTube and Facebook the rest of the show. Yeah. Uh, Chad wants to be in. Chad, sorry, you didn't make the cut this year. <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> next year, we'll do a... Uh, We'll have a raffle to see who can be on Pirate Radio Survivor. Uh, but we'll uh, so we'll have the list of competitors, and it's all simulated. It's a big simulation. The fun part is Chandler, and we'll have Ken Watlington on the show that day, Patrick Mason, and others. But we will kind of ad lib as to why what's happening on the island because it'll say you know Chandler and Joey got in a fight. And it's our job to come up with a creative reason as to why and what they were fighting about. So will Connor and Joey be in this year, interns? I think, yeah. I think they'll they'll find their spot in as well. What about uh, Pirate Radio favorite Wes Hines? Will he be a part of the uh, Survivor this year? I would think he would make the cut as well, yes. Wes on Survivor, so yes. that'll be good. Uh, only one person ever has had to be medically evacuated. That was Morgan Ayler's a few years ago. Wow. Had a... Uh, I don't. I do remember. And it was it Wes Hines. <laughs> it was not one of my favorite. Uh, Glenn, you probably remember this. Our favorite storyline was somehow Rick Smith kept surviving, and we just had it in our minds that Rick Smith had gone full 
rambo like on feral he was in the jungle he had like uh you know boar blood on his face face paint he was uh just became one with the jungle and survived all the way until the end it was uh it was a lot of fun so did he attack morgan or did morgan (laughs) get mauled i'm trying to remember if morgan got they said it was a wild animal but it could have been rick it could have been that actually attacked morgan it could have been rick disguised as a wild animal because i believe i came up with the theory that he had disguised himself in like tiger skin or something yeah yeah he killed an animal and taken their body i think you should do the last removed football basketball and baseball coach as a part of the survivor so you're saying we have joe dooley billy godwin and scotty montgomery scotty moe is that it okay that's exile island that's where you get sent <laughs> I, 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 think, exile I think they should be a part of it i think that would be i think that would bring it bring an interesting aspect to it all right well uh we're gonna go over the options and, just uh, just, a, just just a few suggestions i think some some of our uh guys that were here during the players lounge for football and basketball yeah. or baseball would be good and uh we'll be doing that on wednesday coming up tuesday on the show former jh rose star and Super Bowl champion Cornell Powell will join us in the Pirate Radio studios. He's got a football camp coming up, so we'll talk to Cornell about his offseason, the upcoming NFL season, and uh, also his camp coming up on Tuesday's Pirate Radio Live. Yeah, Cornell, giving back uh, in the community here. Look forward to having him on the show again. And we'll talk to Corey Glore coming up later on in today's show in about 30 minutes or so. And we're talking to him for our football opponent previews and he joins us as the play-by-play voice of Tulane and a lot of people ask you know who is filling the shoes of Jeff oh, nobody's filling the shoes of Jeff Charles who's taking over as the play-by-play voice for ECU uh, I think the answer will not be Corey Glore as he joins us today uh, as the voice mm-hmm. of Tulane are you gonna make that uh, that is not breaking news today that's not official breaking news but I would say it certainly is trending that direction sources closest to Clip Brock and the Clip Brock committee and Corey Glore are saying that he's not gonna be a part of that I would like to nominate for the next voice the play-by-play voice of the Charlotte MLS team Ellerby have you heard this guy I have not uh Chandler can we uh can we hear his call from the other night as he makes his call and gets excited think about what famous cartoon character he sounds like uh let's hear that goal from the other night Chandler Vargas in the area, still with it on the right side, stepping over, setting it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Swiderski. One touch, he scores! Another one for Swiderski! And that one was more impressive than the first! <laughs> I thought he had like a, you know, all announcers have the voice crack thing. Like, but Corey Gore has a safe! Yeah. And then all the other... And then they go back to their normal voice. He stayed in that voice. Did it sound any like? Let, let's hear it again. All right. Who does this sound like? Vargas in like the somebody. area, still with it on the right side, stepping over, sending it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Swiderski. One touch. He scores. Another one for Swiderski. And that one was more impressive than the first. <clears throat> if you, I, it sounds very familiar to me hit it uh hit it again chandler maybe maybe we'll get it this time hit it. vargas in the area still with it on the right side stepping over setting it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Swiderski. one touch he scores to the funhouse another one for Swiderski. and that one was more impressive than the first hey, it's my pal pluto say hiya pluto 
That is the most Mickey Mouse-ish voice I've ever heard on a play-by-play call. Is he just trying to get a job with Disney? Is that <laughs> Perhaps. Hey, with ESPN, maybe? Yeah. They had, the a bunch of layoff, they had a bunch of layoffs. Maybe he's trying to, maybe where he sees the door being closed for a lot of people, he's seeing a window of opportunity. A very exciting goal call there. And he just morphed immediately into Mickey Mouse. Kind of sounded like Shirley, a freshman. I, yes. But again, she went back to her normal voice. He stayed in the Mickey Mouse voice the entire time. Maybe he's Mickey the Mouse. Could be. Uh, but I'd nominate him to be, I mean, can you imagine? Roger! My guy! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> can you do a paint it purple in that voice? Oh, you can paint it purple! Uh, our Mickey Mouse play by play voice. Let's Hel- get him. Sign him up. Tears. <laughs> <laughs> right here in the funnhouse. P I R A T. Exactly. This, yeah. this could be great. There we go. All right, Ellerby. Anything else? No, I'll, uh, as I mentioned before, we uh, appreciate Big Chris announcement Dib- Thursday. Chris Dibba being on the first half hour. Check out that scholarship for Jeff Charles. It's a 50 uh, 50 raffle coming up August the 15th. It's at UBE. You can get tickets at UBE. You can scan the the QR code. There's a link on our social media. Lots of ways to access it. Uh, only 200 tickets are available. Uh, you could win. Uh, we're giving away $10,000. We're going to have two $5,000 gifts. Uh, if uh, So uh, your chance to be a winner. So, so there's a purple it. and a gold. There's a purple and a gold ticket. So you can buy as many tickets as you want. They're $100 each. And uh, there's only 200 to be sold. We're off to a great start. We're doing that August the 15th. We're going to have a great... You don't have to be present to win. So if you buy tickets, if you live in Charlotte or wherever else you're listening, you can still buy tickets. And then also a clip, August the 31st is going to be the Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party. We are 52 days away until that party. We're going to have some more details and a big announcement of who is going to be performing at that on a Thursday at 3 o'clock. So I look forward to being back on the show later this week. It's uh, action-packed PRL time of year. Awesome stuff, and uh, we will be uh, making a big announcement coming up regarding the musical act coming up on Thursday's show. Ellerby, we'll talk to you then. See you then. And we'll uh, take a break. See you then. See you then. Oh, Zodgersky. We'll take a break. Come back. More to go. Hour one, Pirate Radio Live here on a Monday. We'll talk to you guys. See how you've been in the YouTube, Facebook chat, and more when we return. Hour one, back with you after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, Pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, welcome back to Pirate Radio Live. What's up, Joey? How you doing, man? Good to see you. Connor running the show, along with Chan Man. Shirley Rhodes returning on Tuesday. Had a lot of folks uh, chiming in on the Mickey Mouse announcer, 
George said that was Mickey Mouse on Pirate Water. Hit the second one again, Chandler. I, I really lost it when I heard this guy on, uh, what was it, Saturday night? Vargas in the area, still with it on the right side, stepping over, setting it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Swiderski. One touch, he scores! To the Funhouse! Another one for Swiderski! Swiderski! And that one was more impressive than the first! Hey. <laughs> he just now. never Pluto. went Say back hi, to his normal uh-huh. voice. It was, uh, it was awesome. It was more impressive than the first! <laughs> you do that pretty well. It's pretty good. Chandler, how was your break? Man, well, first off, much Man needed. Well. Uh much needed. It was fun. Spent most of my time down at the beach. <clears throat> Did get to go on the golf course yesterday. Or not yesterday, but Saturday. Um, but it was great. It was good. I did go fishing. Uh, I don't have much of a pirate radio outdoors for you and Bryce tomorrow, but we did catch some stuff. We did catch a uh, a Spanish mackerel, but uh, okay. that's about it. So. Uh, yeah, Bryce might be interested in that tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah, that's good. So I uh, had some good R and R. Yes, yeah, ready to go, ready for uh, ready for ECU football coming up in just a couple of months. Jacked up, ready to go. Yes, sir. Excited. Connor, how about yourself? What'd you do, man? Um, nothing too crazy. Just went to Wilmington, a few of my boys from home, and tried to stay out of trouble, and had a few drinks with them. <clears throat> stayed out of trouble. Good, good stuff time. speaking of trouble um y'all been following the pats pat fitzgerald uh northwestern news at all i heard them talking about it on sports talk radio right here on pirate radio this morning but i i haven't i haven't heard much about it i didn't know if uh connor and his boys were doing any of the stuff uh what was the they had the names of the uh the things they were doing in the uh let's see shrek gang uh, the the older group of players for Northwestern was called the Shrek Gang. The and, Shrek uh, List. They would do a hazing activity called running. Um, and I won't read what that is, but uh, oh, I see the words violently dry hump in uh, in the article. Damn, I'll, I will tell you what they did. I feel I, we can get there. Can we talk about it on radio? Yeah, we can get there. Can you see Joey in the background of what he just did? We can get there. We might need to find him. <laughs> uh, so, apparently a group of, of senior leaders. Before you say what what it is, we're all about to do this. Yeah. All right, so go ahead and describe it. It's not too, it's not too ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even know what you're about to say, I'm but, but we're, we're about to do but it. But we're all about to do yeah, this. Yeah, we're totally about to buy in. Yeah. Um. So... The senior leaders would put on purge-style mask. Okay, seen it. Uh, and then they would take the shrekt person into a dark room. Okay, getting a little more creepy. Yeah. You that, had me at purge masks. That person <laughs> uh, would then be um, not wearing clothes. Okay. okay. The Shrek okay. person. Starting, starting to lose All it. All right, don't want to do this anymore. Um... And then the senior leaders in the mask um, would then proceed to rotate as they, um, my God, as they, they were clothed. Okay. But the, the, the Shrek person was not. Right. And then they would proceed to simulate things that your dog might would do to a stuffed animal. Huh. To okay. Poor, this is poor and unfortunate. Um, what is it? Locker room uh, 
hazing locker room chat or whatever that, that is not locker room talk <laughs> that is not locker I mean, room talk can, and then there's more but wait there's more but wait there's more chandler you know who's gonna have to be the well you the, know the, the naked mean, guy right I've had, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean why not <laughs> why not yeah. let's get it let's over go with. turn the lights on let's go striking there, there was the car wash okay that sounds innocent enough i'm sure yeah, let's nothing, hear about it nothing wrong with that you would be in the showers okay mm-hmm. which we all take showers after every everybody live. <laughs> we have our pirate radio showers we all hit we have a meeting and we say all right hit the showers hit the showers <laughs> do a little slap towel well well, 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 well. What do you think, Donnie Carpenter? <laughs> well, I, 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 we don't do it here in East Carolina. I can tell you that. Well, the car wash would be that there would be the car wash. You would you you of course being a Shrek would be naked, naked, yeah, naked. Um, and then in this case, the leaders would be also naked. Okay, a lot of naked stuff going on. Yeah, and then you would go through a line of of nude people in the in the car wash good gracious and this is uh this is team bonding what is this we're not done <laughs> we're not i'm done <laughs> i've been done when you said purge man. i never started <laughs> there's something there was something about a, a bear crawl mm. that oh, no. was done mm. in 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 are the events that you're talking about now from worst to least worst i think so or i think so i think the bear crawl is the least so, worst okay I think the bear crawl is, is the le- it. It's still very weird that these people are be- being made to do these things. But where it gets horrible at is the la- the latest note is that there is photographic evidence that it was on the team meeting boards and the team meeting room, like the big room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that there was a Shrek list of yeah. people that were to be gotten. Yeah. So this is all like hazing and if you've ever been a part of a team or a group or whatever uh, i guess a frat we haze we made connor wear an outfit earlier that was ridiculous right but we um we laughed at his face we didn't uh watch him change we did not and (laughs) no we didn't we were not and we did not join him in the uh (laughs) changing room we didn't turn the lights off in the changing room and do weird stuff and once he changed into that uh said costume we did not hump his leg. We did not. No. We did not do any pit bull activities, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Worldwide. Wait, Connor's <laughs> claiming somebody may have done that. Who touched you, Connor? <laughs> I told you not to tell. <laughs> so, yeah, again, like this, this, I don't want to say this type of stuff. I don't want to say it's like, standard, but it's football and it's, you know, it, weird things happen. <laughs> yeah. But are we. In, with team dynamics, but. You can do stuff without. Uh, you can have you can have a winning, successful culture. I think so. Without this, right, right, without right. being naked in a shower. I don't think you, they do this at Bama. I don't know. You don't know. You think Nick Could Saban? That be the power of their success. <laughs> I know that Nick Saban is not promoting the naked Shrek or I'm whatever. Sure, he does not have a Shrek list on his on his team board. Yeah. And then there's the video uh, during games. During like live play of guys doing the Shrek motion around a player. And then even worse, you see coaches get in on the deal. Well, you talk about a winning program. Northwestern was one in eleven last year. 
maybe their quarterback came off the field and he got the Shrek motion from Pat Fitzgerald. I would hope that um, that maybe they try something else to go with this year. How about our guy, our running backs coach uh, with the big guns, Chandler? Chris Foster? Chris Foster is with Northwestern Yes, now. he is. He's walked into a situation. I take his motivational tweets in the morning way different now. Is that <laughs> why he took the job? Is there any way he could Grandpa Simpson out of there and join us? <laughs> Put his hat on the rack and just take it back up? and Take a 360 and get right on out of there? Yeah. Uh, so that is something to keep an eye on. Another thing I want to talk about tomorrow with Mac McCarthy is Bob Huggins. If they Shrek. That is, that is a Shrek, if there ever has been. Bob Huggins says... Threats from the Huggy Bear. Bob Huggins pulling a Costanza. Say, wait a minute. (laughs) I didn't quit. Look, guys, look. That was for my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I never said I'm resigning. She took my phone (laughs) and sent all these things while I was inebriated. That particular night where I had the 0.21 blood alcohol That particular night where I got lost in Pittsburgh after the Taylor Swift concert with a, a... a vehicle full of empties i went to a burger king on the other side of town drove two and a half well, that's hours his favorite everybody has their favorite burger king yes. you don't want to go you don't want to go, I don't to, go to the one a block away <laughs> that one's slow i want to go to the one that i, I want to go to the burger. good burger yeah. king. Yeah. even <laughs> if it takes me an hour and a half to get there on the other side of pittsburgh he had it his way um, had his favorite burger king he thought that he was in columbus ohio mm. those cities look so much alike though. i mean they're when you look at their skylines and everything you know what is about not you know what's not in columbus ohio the university of west virginia where he was supposed to be going <laughs> <laughs> the direction he was supposed to be going was not columbus ohio which makes that all the more funnier he was uh, almost heaven almost west virginia <laughs> but not quite but anyway so apparently he is saying um that oh exactly what glenn said uh, in a letter, which was obtained, uh, obtained by ESPN, um, Huggins said his resignation correspondence with the school did not come from him, but came from old June. Junebug. The old lady. June Huggins. Oh, Junebug Huggins. June that was Bug my Huggins. old lady that texted y'all. <laughs> that was the old lady talking. She was mad, and she was just saying, mad as fire. I didn't take her to the Taylor Swift concert. She was upset. <laughs> so... He says, I never gave a formal resignation. And but I, there is a letter that says that he gave his formal resignation. That was June, Bob. That was June. <laughs> that was the text. That was June. I want Bob. Read the fine print. So instead of going quietly into the night, which that does not seem like Bob Huggins style, he's going to go loudly into the day, I guess. He's going to go, what's the word I'm looking Shrekking into the... <laughs> yeah judiciously into the night i guess he's gonna try to he's gonna bear crawl. litigiously that's the word i'm looking for huggy bear crawl <laughs> <laughs> the naked huggy bear crawls you gotta drive around with the trunk of empties and a burger, king, deep. burger king receipt <laughs> all right give me five naked huggy bear crawls <laughs> You got to be in the wrong city. <laughs> you have to think that you're in Columbus. And you got to find the best Burger King in the county. Not just any Burger King, the best Burger King. All right, Whopper, 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 Whopper. I've seen some comments. Jamie says I checked in with Clips Twitter during the break to see if there was any ECU sports news. Saw his feet and immediately left. 
Steve said, thanks for the feet pick, fellas. We did go through a no feet problem. pick period there. So I noticed Chandler was on the beach, and I don't know why men or Northwestern players like to do this, but they just love showing feet. And Chandler, we saw your beauties. Yeah, what would Eric Collins say about him? <laughs> Two <laughs> beauties. <laughs> Two beauties. And uh, what I said, would Rex Ryan say about him? Good golly, Miss Molly. <laughs> uh, I said Troy taught you well. I, that was a very Troy D, D thing of me to do. So then we saw Troy's feet, and I was like, you know what? If you y'all saw are, his whole leg, if y'all are posting feet, I'm gonna post my feet too. Jamie is shaking his head. I mean, look. We opened up an only stand right there online <laughs> real quick. Did not get a lot of feedback from that. Feedback. But um, we have our feet out there available for free. Like, we didn't you don't even, even have charge to subscribe. You, don't have, you can subscribe to us. It's free, though. Yeah. So, um, Jamie, Steve, thank you all for uh, checking out the puppies over the 4th of July break. Was there any ECU news? If there is, today we'll let you know because the MLB draft is ongoing. Joey is on that like a dog, too. All right. We got our, on the beat. We got our dog on it. Dog. 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 Joey. Dog. dog. Connor. Dog. dog. Big dog. 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 Bob Huggins. Bear. <laughs> Junebug. <laughs> Snitch. <laughs> Snitch. <laughs> Oh man! I said snitch. <laughs> did you did you really say that, Bob Huggins? Did you really say that? Though? Talking uh, at the coaches' convention, and he said June put in my resignation, and I said I said I said I said I said snitch. Wait, you you actually said that? You said it like huh? that? What? You said it like that? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I called her. I called her. Called her that. Oh, okay. Yeah key and pill reference let's take a break jamie says clips feet look like the feet on a condor maybe or an ostrich they were very long well thank you you had long toes <laughs> never been told that before you know what they say about long feet stubby fingers long toes. long hands oh long toes long toes brock's what they call me around these parts around my favorite burger king I didn't know the Burger King part. You didn't? That's no. my favorite part. Is that that's the only record of where he had been, <laughs> other than the beers was a Burger King receipt from an hour and a half away. <laughs> what? I just now I want to know that whole night. I want to know the order. <laughs> Why? Oh man! I want them so, to make a short film of, of this situation. Evening. I want to see Huggy Bear just wiling out at the Taylor Swift concert. Well. If he's gonna get involved in all this, like there's gonna be a deposition and yes, so maybe he'll have to talk about his entire night. I, I need- want to see John Goodman as Bob Huggins <laughs> in a short film of this situation. Chad said, "But you said snitch, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. said snitch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I, I, I said snitch. Take a break. Come back when we return. We'll say hello to Corey Glore, play-by-play voice of the Tulane Green Wave." As we continue on our ECU football opponent previews, got that on the way after this.
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Wood Ducks Baseball is back. Single game tickets are now on sale. Get yours today by calling the front office at 252 643 5305. Visit them online at woodducksbaseball.com to check out schedules for games, giveaways, theme nights, and post-game fireworks. So the Wood Ducks hope to see you at, out at Granger Stadium all season long. Go Woodies! Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you on Pi Radio Live here on a Monday, back in the swing of things and gearing up for Pirate Football. Got a big announcement regarding our Pirate Radio Football kickoff party coming up on Thursday. So we are counting down the days to that, to Pirate Football, and to the start of another football season. And we have been, we are halfway through our ECU opponent previews. And today we will talk to an old friend about a really good team from a year ago that made a magical run, the Tulane Green Wave, coming off an awesome 12 and 2 campaign and Corey glor was on the call for that and he'll be on the call for more Tulane football this fall and he joins us here on pirate radio live Corey, hello can you give me any sort of a teaser of what this big kickoff party announcement is going to be like is there going to be cake mm, do we have cake i don't know if we have, yes the band cake will be performing we're going the distance I will be there. All right. Hey, look, there's a big announcement. If Cake performs at the Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party, Corey Glore will be there. Corey, how are you doing down there in Nolens? I'm doing well. I it's it's so warm, but I'm doing well. It, this is this is the uh, this is uh, just a, a soupy warm time of year down here. So I'm battling through that. Uh, but other than that, I, I'm, I'm doing well. Refreshed off a little uh, vacation I just got back from, and uh, I'm uh, what now we're counting we're about fifty some odd days away here, so counting down those days. Recapping Tulane athletics and the events uh, that you called, Corey. I don't know if it's surprising. I, I maybe I, I overrate uh, Tulane basketball because I like Ron Hunter so much, but the magical run in football the improbable run you guys had at the end of the baseball year does it almost make basketball look like a disappointment like that might have been the sport i would have said okay tulane has the most success in will be basketball in 2022 you know i i it's funny i, I was reading a piece in the paper here in which uh tulane bas- basketball they're in a couple of weeks they're heading over to china to play in the, the world university games as uh, team usa's representative and so they were doing some media about it and Jalen Forbes, who's now the, the real leader of the team here, he was talking about how much of a failure last year was. And that was a 20-win year, and that's the first time that's happened in a decade here. And so the fact that, uh, you know, of the of the three teams that I spend most of my time around, uh, that's the one that people are calling the failure uh, from this past season. Uh, it, it certainly means that some really good things happened across the board. Now, getting the the way baseball got to an NCAA tournament was very unconventional, and, and it's not recommended, but they got there, and, and they got there in a pretty uh, amazing way. Uh, and so the fact that now all three of those programs that I'm going to be calling games for here next year are coming in with some pretty high expectations, um, you, you can kind of feel the buzz around this place even though we're 
over a, you know nearly two months out from this semester beginning. Corey, when you look back at football last year, that that twelve and two mark, and you see, you know, I look at the schedule. How many one score games? How many? nail biters because if you have a special season you you play really well in close games you look back to tcu last year and they had some miracle finishes they had the fire drill that run on the field and kick the field goal i remember that one specifically but just a ton of one score games Uh, you know how i don't know fluky is the word but but how many of those games were you in last year that you ended up winning that were 50 50 games that that made that a special season and how many did tulane kind of dominate we saw that the east carolina game it was close the east carolina just couldn't get anything going offensively that day tulane pretty much dominated especially on the defensive side so what was the ratio of man we got out of there by the skin of our teeth and and, and wow we dominated on that saturday you know i think you can look at with the exception of the, of the conference championship game well, I guess actually that's that's really the only one that can come to mind here of the of the major games that you look back on from last season that Tulane won. Um, they were one score games. I think about Kansas State on the road. I think about Houston on the road. I think about winning at Cincinnati to close the regular season. Um, those were all one score affairs. Um, and so, like the the big ones that they got, and then the Cotton Bowl was a one score game. Obviously, that was a one point win. Uh, and so those types of games, Tulane did wind up on the positive side of. They had some some comfortable ones in there. They crushed SMU. You, you mentioned the ECU game that was close, but you know it was kind of the, the defense really kind of locked things down the second half and just kind of keeping ECU at arm's reach the entire way. They had a huge lead on Memphis, nearly gave it all back, but still won by I think it was eleven in the final of, of that homecoming game. Uh, and, and so, you know, that they fared very well in close games, but it was it was not, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, half of the wins. There were about four of them, I would say, in which were the one-score affairs that were nail-briders. The other eight or so, Tulane kind of seemed to have possession of um, throughout the course of last year. Corey Glore joining us. Corey, I'm reluctant to to say that Tulane can repeat what they did a year ago, but because we see these kind of magical years and they're just tough to sustain. But one thing they do have that some of these other teams in the past that had magical years don't have, that's a returning coach and a great coach in that at Willie Fritz. So let's go with, uh, with other returners, Corey, how familiar would this team look this September to the one that won all those games last year? Well, the, the quarterback returns, and I think that's probably going to be the biggest reason as to why Tulane's going to be picked near the top of the league this year. I, I don't know if they'll be a preseason favorite. We'll see in a couple of weeks. The, the, I, they should be, in my mind, no lower than two in the preseason poll. I think UTSA is probably the other school that will have a, a candidacy here to be the preseason conference champion because we haven't seen them, but they return so much of that team that's been dominating the last couple of years in Conference USA. And so uh, I, I think Tulane's going to be one or two in the preseason poll, and having a four-year starting quarterback is going to be a huge impetus for that. Uh, you, you'll lose two key pieces of your defense, your defensive leaders, the, the linebacking core of Dorian Williams and Nick Anderson. Williams was drafted by Buffalo and uh, Anderson signed with the Saints afterward. And then you lose Tajay Spears, who's the conference offensive player of the year last year, and he's a member of the Titans now. And so those are big voids to fill. But around that, there, there's a lot of returning force here. The offensive line is pretty well intact from last year. The defensive line all returns from last year. You do have a new defensive coordinator, so we'll see how Shield Wood 
tweaks how this team runs defense that was such a strength of last year's team, and that was kind of a zone coverage defense that that predicated a Cotton Bowl win. And, and now Shield would tend to be a little bit more aggressive in his time at Troy, and so we'll see how that changes the way this defense looks. Your cornerbacks are back by and large. You will have some new safeties to work in here. Wide receivers are pretty well returning here, with the exception of, of two main guys, but they spread the ball pretty well with their wide receiving core last year. And, and you got some tight ends that you're going to be stepping up here because you lost two fifth-year seniors uh, in that position last year. So uh, it, it's a blend. There's no question, but I think there there's some key pieces that are returning and your quarterback, your offensive line, your defensive line, and your cornerbacks, uh, and, and all the special teamers return if you want to throw them into the mix here as well. But I think the biggest one that you mentioned is the fact that Willie Fritz is back. Um, and that was in peril for a couple of days right before the conference championship game. So having him back, even with some coaching turnover and one of the more successful years in terms of his players going on to the next level, like what he just saw here, um, there, there are very few around the American that I think uh, would get a, a pick in terms of the coach you'd want to have, even if there's a little bit more transition than you're used to seeing. Yeah, and and man, I, I love seeing coaches uh, stick at their spots, and, and I'm glad to see Willie Fritz back and see what he can do this year. And of course, Corey, when you're a good team, and even when you're you're not a great team overall, but have good players, the poachers come, and of course they came after Tulane, and I know uh, Willie Fritz and and even Ron Hunter. I read his tweet on the air a couple weeks ago. I remember about guys, uh, coaches in the coaching world going after his players, and Ron Hunter said, "Hey." Next time I see you, uh, I'm going to say something to you. Uh, we're going to talk about it. So uh, I th- both of your coaches have been kind of outspoken about these poachers and uh, these other schools trying to come in and get their guys, right? Very. And, uh, and you know, we're talking a little bit more basketball than I think you're interested. But, uh, I, I, you know, there, there are leaders back on that team coming up this year that there, there were definitely – there are certainly one school, and if you just do a little bit of research, you can find out who it was that was – very much going after one of them, despite the fact he was never in the portal. And and listen, when you have a when you have a starting quarterback for three years that had a very good year and and uh, and a very good postseason, and uh, you've been a middling SEC team, uh, then uh, yeah, even though he wasn't in the portal, you find a way to get to him. Uh, and Willie Fritz nipped that in the bud pretty quickly back in December. So yeah, I mean, you you have to now until this somehow gets reined in. Um, the, the, you know, the transfer portal, the NIL situation, um, and, and you have a lot of folks out there at the upper levels of college athletics that have a lot of resources, that have a lot of avenues and have a lot of people that kind of do their bidding that can skirt around some things. Um, the, you're going to need, you know, outspoken coaches like a Willie Fritz or a Ron Hunter to call people out for doing things incorrectly. And luckily they have. Uh, and that has quieted things down here a little bit, uh, even though some of the higher-profile student-athletes here at Tulane uh, were being sought after pretty intensely by some other folks. Corey Gore joining us, play-by-play voice of the Tulane Green Wave. Looking at the non-conference schedule this year, Corey, South Alabama. Everybody will, of course, highlight the Ole Miss uh, game September 9th. I'm going to keep an eye on the game in Hattiesburg at Southern Miss because they ruined what would have been even a a more special season for Tulane last year. I think it's impressive Tulane can lose to a Southern Miss at home last year and still bounce back and have 
the year they had kind of gives teams hopes that if you lose early you can still make it into a a very special season but uh the green wave have to have some revenge on the mind for that one on the road september 16th and then also Nichols on the non-conference schedule as well as well so again the the headliner will be old miss you got the revenge factor with southern miss uh you'll start with usa what do you think about the non-conference slate it's challenging. I mean, South Al is a 10-game winner last year, and so you start off with them, and then you host Ole Miss, and that's going to be a 2.30 kickoff in the uh, in the afternoon in New Orleans in early September. That is going to be uh, it's going to be steamy here, and so that will provide a challenge. There's no question about that. And then, yeah, I, I think they're you know the folks that return from last year's team, and there are many. Uh, I think have that trip to Hattiesburg on their mind because they, they, to a man, said that that loss last year at home to Southern Miss was the impetus for for making the run that they did. They ripped off five wins in a row after that game. Like they, they came together after that loss to Southern Miss. It was their first loss of the year that came just after beating Kansas State. And they had a, a players-only meeting, a team-only meeting, and then they ripped off five wins in a row. And so I think that I think many folks they might not say it, but I think it's easy to glean that um, they see that game, that trip to Hattiesburg, as kind of the the last notch of the uh, you know last feather in the cap of last season. And if you can go there and get a win, that would kind of put a bow on everything that happened last year. It'd be a fitting kind of finish to everything that happened in 2022 is to go into that place and get a win there. The the team that sparked your run uh, by, by winning in your building, and that's a rivalry game. There's a trophy on the line for that one. And to grab that bell back and bring it back to New Orleans, I think people would see that as, as kind of a final chapter of last year. Corey, looking at the conference slate uh, with the newcomers rolling in, You'll see a few of those. You'll also, if you look at it from a gambling standpoint, and then we got Phil Stills magazine, he kind of looks at it the same way. There's like a big four going into the year pick to potentially win the American. That includes defending champion Tulane. That includes Memphis and SMU and also newcomer UTSA. Uh, Beyond that, you got FAU, you got East Carolina. So Tulane avoids SMU. You can look at that as a good thing, but you do have UTSA. You get them at home. You're on the road at Memphis. You do go on the road to FAU and, of course, here to Greenville as well. So could be a little tougher, I guess, if SMU was on it, but you do got some uh, some tough opponents there within the conference slate. Well, and I think what, what stood out to me in the conference slate, I, I think everyone around the league is hoping that that last weekend of the year against UTSA has some sort of uh, importance. Yeah. It, and that's why it's sitting as a Friday or Saturday game. We'll see. Um, but I, I, what stood out to me is that there's not a ton at the bottom of the league or the projected bottom of the league on two-lane schedule. South Florida is off the schedule now. You don't get Temple, don't get Navy, don't get Charlotte yeah. coming in with a coaching overturn. And so like the, the worst you're going to see is going to be the middle of this league. And so that means there is, you know, last year Tulane got South Florida, Tulane got Tulsa, and so they got some of the teams at the bottom of the league. Um to help things out. Now they had to go to Cincinnati and win. and No one had done that in five years. and That's what they did. And so they had to play UCF not once, but twice. Uh, and they went to Houston and won there. And so they had challenges last year, but they could hinge a little bit on getting some of the teams at the bottom on their schedule. 
as we sit right now, that doesn't appear to be the case. And so, yeah, SMU's not on the schedule, but you have road trips to UTSA, to ECU, to FAU, as you mentioned. You have North Texas coming in, who's a bit of a question mark um, on your schedule. UAB is a bit of a rivalry game, but you don't have really the, the supposed bottom of the league um, really on your schedule this year. And so I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is that there's not going to be a ton of let up here for this two lane team. And they have a pretty early off week as well. It comes in the first week of October, which means getting to the end of November is going to be a huge test physically. Corey Glore joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Corey, in your relatively young play-by-play career, you've called a lot of magical games at Clark LeClaire Stadium and elsewhere with ECU Baseball. You were able to call, I don't know how you could top Tulane beating USC and, and the way they did uh, in that game, but also Tulane winning the AAC tournament and playing, uh, what, eventual national champion LSU in a regional. So, I mean, you're you're pretty dang lucky Corey. i know you're a midwestern doom and gloom guy but uh let's say you're a pretty lucky fella what do you think I, i'm i'm fortunate that uh, I, i've been along for the ride here <laughs> of some some pretty uh some pretty amazing moments uh both here at tulane and in my time in greenville and, and yeah you know the, the regional was uh, a bit of a blur because it was so unexpected i mean you, you just you, you don't win 15 games in a regular season and be in an NCAA tournament. And so frankly, you know, you know, I wasn't that terribly surprised about how things went in the regional for Tulane uh, back in the first weekend of June, but just that, that week in Clearwater was, uh, that was one of the most surreal special weeks uh, I've had in calling games because that, I mean, it was, I mean, clip that team got run ruled by Memphis twice the weekend before. I mean, there's no sign that anything like that was coming. Uh, and then for them to just go through that tournament uh, and culminating with, with beating ECU was just that that's one of the more, um, again, surreal is the word I go back to it because it was so out of the blue um, that they could pull that off. And, and so to, to have the year, I, I kind of see that as how the year capped up. I definitely don't take for granted calling regionals. I called my fair share at Greenville. And now I finally, you know, I get one here in year two at Tulane. Um, but th- but that Clearwater week um, that was that was something else, and it was one hell of a way to finish out season two for me here. No doubt, Corey Glore joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line, and uh, Corey, our next guest, Garrett Short, is wearing his Chicago Bears hat. So I'll save the Bears questions for him, unless you'd like to talk about your Bears right now. I love the direction they're heading, <laughs> and they come here to New Orleans uh, in November. I oh, cool! I'm gonna make a, yeah, I think I'm going to make my, my attempt to go uh, to go see them here. Uh, but uh, no, it, it, I'm actually rosy about the Chicago Bears. They're not going to win many games, but that's fine. They're, they're doing what they should do. So yes, you can, you can wow more specific Bears questions to later. But you should be shocked to know how optimistic i am about the chicago bears that is quite shocking but uh happy about your young talented qb and uh, and and the direction as you say the bears are heading Corey, uh thanks for joining us man we'll talk to you again during the football season as we preview the matchup ecu and tulane they'll be playing november the 4th and uh, we'll talk to you then and maybe before then but have a great rest of your summer Corey. and uh, we'll talk again soon man flip your gentleman and a scholar you're a good man 
all right thank you i appreciate that Corey glore joining us today here on pirate radio live as we continue on our ecu opponent previews and uh only a few more left to go now we still got to talk uh some rice football which we expect to do uh soon with jp heat their play-by-play voice also we'll talk charlotte 49ers uh, a little fau navy tulsa still left on the docket to preview this summer all right let's take a break when we return garrett short wnct channel nine will join us we'll talk about what's going on in the world of sports look at some of the pirates on the diamond some pirates in the mlb draft and maybe talk a little uh football as well as he is rocking his bears hat today so we'll dive into some nfl i just saw two panthers are set to be honored you saw that chandler we'll talk about that coming up and more when we return pirate radio live on a monday back with you after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Greenville Utilities Neighbor to Neighbor program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with your utility costs. You can make a difference. Your tax deductible donation can be added to your GUC bill each month, or you can make a one time donation. And GUC matches all donations up to $20,000 each year. Consider helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor to Neighbor program. Now now heading back into PRL, here's your host, Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Chandler Honeycutt got intern Joey taking over the video. Intern Connor doing doing a great job today. And uh, normally at this time, we talk to WNCT Channel 9 Sports Director Brian Bailey. But I learned that uh, he has a drink with an umbrella in it right now. So... Uh, we'll talk to the hardworking Garrett Short, who uh, joins us here today from WNCT Channel 9. Joining us in the Pi Radio Studios, Garrett, how you doing, man? Good. Sorry, Cliff. Sometimes you just get the understudy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You, you know, we got Ken Wadlington coming on Wednesday. We just had to get the whole Channel 9 flavor. Might as well make it a party. Yeah, no doubt. So, Garrett, uh, how's your summer going? First of all, in eastern north carolina but also finding sports to cover how, how's it going for you well see that's the thing that you know jobs sometimes become so much of your life that it's kind of crazy you know you cover ecu and high school and all this stuff so much so frequently the hurricanes and the hornets and then all of a sudden you just slam the brakes and there's not much going on so i am counting down the days i think we're about five or a little over five weeks until the little league softball world series comes to greenville yeah um, and up until then, it's just trying to dink and dunk your way through the workday and see, I guess, what you can come up with because sports are not exactly a plenty right now. I know one thing you've been keeping up with, as we do as well here at Pirate Radio, is former Pirates. And luckily, ECU baseball has put enough guys into minor league and summer league and, of course, the major leagues as well with Gavin Williams that there is something to follow each and every day. So been keeping an eye on those guys. Yeah, and obviously right now is a great time, especially even just at looking at the majors. You know, Alec Burleson playing his first full season in the majors, and he's been very solid through the first week of July. I know he was hitting 313, so 
you're going to have your ups and downs as a rookie, and it seems like July he's starting to settle into a groove. And, of course, just a few days ago, Gavin Williams earning his first win, although he should have before, but his offense wasn't exactly helping him out through his first few starts. Yeah, I said this, that, uh, and, and I am spoiled as a Braves fan, especially this year, but watching a full game of Guardians-Royals is not tough. Great, yeah. Not great. Not a lot of hitting going on, but, man, Gavin has been phenomenal, and you're right, he earned that first W, and it was a long time coming for him. And who knows, hopefully has found his spot there uh, in the Guardians rotation. We'll see. And what's interesting is I didn't get to see him play in person. I got here after Mm -hmm. he had already been taken and had moved on. So you start hearing about this guy and you know you keep track of MLB tops 100 prospects and stuff. And slowly but surely, you know, he was the sixth. Then all of a sudden, they moved him up to the third best prospect. And then he was the top overall prospect in the Guardians. I don't know if people expected him to be this good, but he has been that good. He's been awesome. Uh, Joe, are you still keeping up with the MLB draft, uh, monitoring that? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So we're there in the middle of round seven and still no East Carolina guys off the board. Yeah, I just saw that the Rays selected Gonzaga pitcher Owen Wild. Could you give us a scouting report on him as our draft guy? Uh, he's- probably going to be in the minors for a long time okay I all right he throws with either his left or his right hand that's the scouting report <laughs> still looking for that overhanded two-hand pitch three unc charlotte guys taken though all right good stat you know a guy from campbell was taken yesterday at least one uh matt corvath from unc um gino i believe his name was groover from nc state so you know north carolina the state getting quite a bit of attention i think the braves picked up kate queller from campbell yeah they picked three pitchers uh yesterday which they tend to do and one of them will win a cy young award before their time (laughs) is done i saw that the uh wonder boy who was committed to north carolina um walker what was his name jenkins walker jenkins uh, taking top five in the South draft. South Brunswick. Yeah, and uh, he was a name that we were keeping an eye on. Did you get to see him when they I played did not. Rose? That yeah. was the thing about the end of the year is, you know, between me, Brian, and anyone else going and shooting videos, you had about a 50% chance or so of going to that certain game, and that was not the game I went to. But I have heard from multiple people that have, I, that have seen him that he is the real deal. And the thing is, he's one of those players that he was so good in high school – is he going to be a pitcher or is he going to be a position player? Because he can do everything. Yeah. Garrett Short joining us today inside the Pirate Radio studios. Garrett, are uh, you going to make the trip to Ann Arbor? I would really like to. <laughs> Seeing a game in the big house, you know, growing up, I grew up in the Chicagoland area. Yeah. Not that everyone was a Notre Dame fan, but South Side of Chicago, especially a lot of South Side Irish people paid attention to the Fighting Irish. Seeing that game every year on TV between Notre Dame and Michigan, especially at Michigan, was always sweet, and I have always wanted to go to a game there. So if uh, Brian Bailey wants to pack me in his, you know, carry on we'll see what happens there you go uh east carolina will open up with michigan and then the schedule gets a little lighter but certainly um not easy when marshall comes to town and then they go to app state talk about a a tough start and a very important september for ecu this year yeah those three games you don't really know what you're going to get out of marshall um you know, I think that we eked out a win, was that two years ago? Yeah, still um, wondering how they pulled that one yeah, out. Especially on the road. Now, of course, you return home. You got to think that that's going to be worth at least a few points or a score. But again, two years is a lot of time in college athletics. Um, but I'm circling that App State one just because they've always been a very good offensive team. And I want to see if ECU can match that. That could be a shootout where we could see, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100 points, depending on how both of these teams play. And, Gary, coming up uh, next month, end of this month, end of next month, we'll be covering fall camp. And sometimes those are ho-hum, like last year when you have – 
just about everybody returning. There's there's position battles going on, but you know who the quarterback is. You know Keaton Mitchell, Rajay at running back. You know the receivers. This year, a ton of question marks. We're, we're actually going to have a lot to cover, a lot of questions to ask Mike Houston and company when it comes to these position battles, and namely the quarterback, but, but a lot of positions, especially on offense. And you just know Houston's going to be so excited for those oh, questions. Yeah, that's, Every day. And that's what's so great about this type of job is getting to go out and see that you know firsthand, which a lot of people don't get that opportunity is this is going to be a huge year. Last year was obviously a huge year for the program. You know, they win eight wins. They come away with a bowl victory. But how do you follow that up? And it's a lot of pressure, especially with some of your key faces gone. So, like you said, September is going to be huge. How do they survive that? How do they push through? And then from there, obviously, you just continue on with the season. But next month and a half will be a lot of questions. As we sit here in July, fun to preview the season. Also, the talks of conference realignment and things like that going on. And East Carolina on their schedule will face some newcomers to the AAC, including Rice, Charlotte, UTSA, and FAU. And then, uh, Garrett, you got the the San Diego State stuff out there, Pac-12, Mountain West. Do they somehow end up in the American and and your th- what are your thoughts on being a Midwestern guy, seeing USC and UCLA <laughs> joining the Big Ten? I was wondering if this was going to come up. I it's not that geography is everything because it's not, but it doesn't make sense when you have Rutgers and UCLA in the same conference. It just doesn't. I'm not saying that you have to be right down the road. It doesn't all have to be in the Midwest or something. But it's starting to become a little absurd and. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, one point, it's been, yeah, it's out. Why it's not done. just blow up conferences if we're going to do that? Because it kind of matters where you are. That's why it's the Pac-12 Pacific. <laughs> At least Big Ten. Now, what they did, they put a number on it instead of a location, and then they screwed up the number, right? Because they have a different number than 10 teams. Yeah, that, that's, been, so. that's been that way for years, though. And it's yeah. just going to keep going up, apparently. SEC and... The Big Ten are going to be Big Sixteen, and yeah, yeah, it's is the American the best name conference because it's all teams from America? Yeah, honestly, I think so. (laughs) Write that in stone, chisel it. Uh, The SEC it continues to go west and southwest, Mm and uh, Atlantic Coast. uh, Not all those teams are on the coast of the Atlantic, of course. So uh, I don't. It it makes zero sense, but it's all about the sports. It's not meant to make sense. Cache. That's right. (laughs) Garrett Short joining us, Gary. Can you? hang out for another segment oh absolutely all right let's take a break we'll come back more with garrett short here on pirate radio live on a monday we'll be back with you after these words to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Do you have real estate questions about buying or selling residential or commercial properties? Are you curious about this current real estate market? Do you need a property manager for rental houses? ECU alum Scott Harris with REMAX and SD Harris Properties can help answer 
answer every question you have and show you a stress-free real estate experience that will be memorable and enjoyable. If you have real estate questions, Scott has answers. Call Scott Harris today at 347-1857. And let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, the Chan Man, coming off a big parlay last Wednesday. Joey, uh, how'd your gambling go during the week off? The week off. What's I took that? the week off. You took the week off? Yeah. You bagged the night? You got I a home run derby tonight. pick? Yeah, yeah. We're going to get to it at the end of the show today. All right. So you're going to have us a home run derby pick. I got you. All right. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, there will be a pirate tonight on the field when the home run derby is taking place. Clayton McCullough, former pirate, will be throwing to Mookie Betts. Uh, Mookie Betts in the derby tonight representing the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers. It'll be Betts versus Vlad Jr., uh, in the first round, Adolis Garcia versus Randy Arozarena. Uh, Pete Alonzo, this is his event, his night against Julio Rodriguez, who put on a show last year for the Mariners. So that'll be fun. And then Luis uh, Robert Jr. versus Adley Rutschman. And Luis Robert, uh, was that your rooting interest tonight? Gary? I have to as a White Sox fan, uh, but also as a White Sox fan. You kind of just expect the worst in any scenario, whether it's a game or a home run derby. But, you know, he's a big guy. He could hit the ball far. You never know. Well, Pete Alonzo is a Met, and they screw up everything but this event. So maybe maybe this could be Robert's new thing. Maybe this will be the White Sox time to shine. <laughs> well, if Pete Alonzo has anything to say, I doubt it. I mean, you remember it last year. He was bench pressing in between rounds. This is the one day he comes out every year and puts 110% on the line. What is your favorite all-star game or event out of the big four see growing up i never never got the chance to watch the all-star game because i always had a game of my own as you know a 12 year old and it always ate me up (laughs) but i always got to watch the home run derby and to me that's still probably my favorite just because you know yeah i might throw their swings out of whack for a few weeks but it's definitely worth it to see some guys hitting balls 480 feet i feel like that it is for the kids because a lot of people i talk to kind of age out of watching the nba all-star game the slam dunk contest the slam dunk contest to me ended with vince carter in 99 2000 whatever it was but i know there's been a million since then and great dunks but for me that was it for me it's like every 15 years you get a good one the aaron gordon and zach levine year that was the only one in recent memory that i think was wow that was really good great dunking i mean levine windmilled from about the free throw line so you know Take that, that was that my MJ. ending. That was, my that was ending. it for you. So how old were you when that one hit? That was what? Uh, what was that, 2013, 2016? Uh, it was a while ago. Okay, well, about, I, I'm 22 now, so I'm maybe 12. So that was 13. right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, then, it was in my kid. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so how about you, Joey? Do you pay attention to any of the All-Star games these days? Uh, I mean, as in all sports or just MLB? Yeah, all sports. All sports. Uh, I mean, the Pro Bowl's a joke. Yeah. yeah. It'll be All-Star game, not so much. The NBA, also, you know, I like how they change the platform a lot. If I had to pick one, Probably I would say NBA, NBA, and I know that it's not uh, – it doesn't look a lot like what a regular basketball game looks like, but like at the end of the game when they start playing. Yeah, fourth quarter they start playing, and it's nice to see all the All-Stars play. Baseball, it's, it's an exhibition because you get pitchers throwing one inning and they're out and everything, so – I don't know. I can't, it's it's hard to get hype about any of these. I do like the fact that they do the on-field interviews, and it's cool to get to showcase not only their skills but also some of their personalities. And you know, at least growing up, you know, MLB All-Star Game mattered. 
you know, there was something on the line for who hosted the World Series, right? Which that was stupid. But yeah, yeah. Hey, I, at least it meant that they were going to try. You they were just, playing for something. You were talking about the, the Pro Bowl. No one cares. No one. It was just a, another check for the players, and they yeah. really didn't care. It was a chance to socialize, and that was about it. And I don't blame, like... Well, I'm not tearing my ACL for a Pro Bowl. Exactly. And, and as a fan, like, I don't really want my players playing in it anyway, honestly. Like, I don't want to see my favorite team's players out there playing for a meaningless game where they could get hurt. However, I do like the skill games they've been introducing. Like, okay. There was a year where Graham Gano did the uh, tic-tac-toe. Yes. Uh, for the kicking. <laughs> that really got your juices flowing, oh, Joe. Yeah, it it's interesting. <laughs> and that's what's beautiful about, especially the NBA and the NFL, is they're trying to get creative, playing dodgeball with the guys. It, yeah, it's, dodgeball it's is funny. fun to watch. You can throw it on for 15 minutes, and it kind of numbs the brain. Obviously, NBA, we just saw it with the new in season tournament they're trying to do new things then of course you have baseball that's just the same old same old which i wonder I, how that's going to affect the all-star game i think right? i have an unpopular opinion i i think i'm into the in-season tournament because it might be something the hornets can win no i <laughs> yeah, love right. it it's it's what why well, i told you maybe a couple weeks ago where it's like they're kind of taking the ideology of european sports where they have multiple cups and multiple championships i like the in-season tournament so yeah i just fun. wish we were playing like the G League's best team or something in some kind of cup rather than other NBA teams. Yeah. Maybe we could win. Or we're playing like the Pitt County All-Stars. <laughs> Might have a chance to win. With the way, it out by three points. With the way Brandon Miller's been playing this summer, you probably still wouldn't win. Ah. Sorry for you Hornets fans. I saw somebody say, man, the Hornets just can never put it together in the Summer League. I was like, Summer League? <laughs> <laughs> Regular season? Pre- whatever league. Put, what? But this Basketball period. Having said that, this uh this in-season tournament that's our time i think we should focus all our resources on that <laughs> load management the entire regular season just to have guys healthy for this let's win something yeah, as long as we win the, win the nba cup <laughs> the nba cup it's nobody a- cares about who wins the championship anymore who wins that cup that's it's a trophy it's not the trophy but it's still a trophy is there a benefit to winning or no it's just uh, there's going to be some sort of like financial incentives i believe but Honestly, there's so many questions still up in the air that they tried to answer. You should get an auto playoff bid. That would be interesting. The hey, Hornets would need to win. It, it would definitely ensure people would still try because yeah. at the end of the day, are people still going to care? And that's the thing. Since, it's, gonna, yeah. since it's the inaugural, people probably won't care much. Uh, they might not know how important it is, but 10 years from now, if it's still a thing, yeah, they're probably going to go all in. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of wacky, but it's so I don't even I haven't seen the format and everything. How are they taking like a week off to do this? No, nope, it, so it is just it regular is, season games. Yep, it is built into the schedule. Oh, which oh, whoever's okay. in charge of setting all the schedule and logistics and everything matching up with the NBA deserves a raise with this going on. Yeah, it's a lot. So it's basically the schedule is normal. Okay, drafted. I think it's like six groups: three of the East, three in the West. They have whatever games that they got to play, and then. Is going to come down to like point system, and those teams are going to then go to Vegas, and then so is every team in it. Yep, every team is okay. Every team's in it, and then there's a knockout round where there are you were right. There are three from each east and the west, and then the team out of those three that also finishes second in one of them who did the best also advances. So it's four versus four, and then it whittles down to a championship. That is the only that championship of that NBA Cup will not count towards the 82 games. That is the only one that won't count. Brackets, baby. This is my new... Brackets in the middle of the season. I'm all in. I'm all in on this. Oh, yeah. We got to win this. And I think if I'm 
not mistaken, it happens right just before the All-Star break, or is it during the All-Star break? I or? think it's earlier. I believe it starts November 3rd is what I believe. So it's oh, relatively okay. I know the early. championship is in December, December 9th in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. It's over the course of like yeah, about a month. month. So, yeah. Jansen said the NHL All-Star game is underrated. I got to say okay. I don't pay a lot of attention to it. I, I get that. The NHL does some cool things, you know, fastest skate. Also, fastest slap shot, which is always cool to see how fast they can hit a puck. And don't they do like divisions now, like yeah. three on three Change, divisions? Or changed something? it a few years back to yeah. where it's kind of interesting, and it's almost like a bracket to get to whoever's the champion. But NHL, I think it's doesn't get enough attention. Chad says he still loves the home run derby. I'll probably have it on tonight, especially if Joey gives me a a winner. I'll give you one right now. Right now? Oh, yeah. man. He Why could, he wait? Couldn't wait. I'll give you one right now. All right. Uh, uh, let me pull the odds. Uh, do you have the odds in yeah, front I'm of you? At right so, now. Pete Alonso is the favorite, right? Uh, Pete Alonso is the favorite plus 300. Okay. This is the athletic, so please don't. Uh, <laughs> what, what's going to happen? You think people are going to come after well, you? Well, last time I mentioned Sleeper, and it was a never-ending joke. So <laughs> No, but second is uh, Vladdy. <laughs> sleeper ad. Forgot about sleeper that. Sleeper app. <laughs> Vladdy. Uh, Vladdy's at plus 350. All right. Roberts at plus 450, plus 500 is Julio, plus 650 is a My pick is Randy Rosarena at plus 1,000. Ooh, you say? Yeah, I don't know. He's just kind of been in the news. He's been kind of been hot. Why has he been in the news? Mexico, WBC. Okay. And then after that, the Rays have just kind of been playing well. He's not Alaskan, is he? Not Alaskan. Alaskan. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Rosarena is one of the best players, but I, I don't know if he'll win the home run derby. But that's just about getting some loft on the ball. I like the odds, though. Yeah, the, that's, that's what it is. I just like the little. Plus 1,000? We, we were talking about matchups, and I looked this up. Mookie Betts stands 5'9", and if I'm not mistaken, he matches up with Vlad Guerrero, who is five inches taller than him. Hmm. If it was a basketball game, I know who I take. Exactly, but it's not. Mookie Betts, the best bowler in the world, best everything in the world, that kind of athlete. Still got to go with the underdog. Yeah, and the last two were, yeah, Mookie Betts plus twelve hundred, Adley Rutschman plus two thousand. Mm. All right, uh, who's the? Was it Mike Piazza that went over? And that, <laughs> I'm older than all of you guys. You have no clue what I'm talking about. I want to say Piazza. I don't know about taking a catcher in the home run derby. Yeah. Wonder how many of the catchers ever won the home run derby. Help me out, folks, out there. All right, Garrett, uh, Corey Glor, who's never excited about anything with his pro sports team, says he's – they didn't say he was excited. He, he thought the Bears were moving in the right direction and there's reason for optimism. Yeah, I heard him talking about that. And one thing I know as a Chicago sports fan is you shove your optimism down until you actually win something because the universe is not our best friend. I am just waiting for the other shoe to fall, whether that is an injury or – off the field drama i am hopeful well, but i'm not optimistic i still don't know if justin fields is good i don't think anyone knows if he's going to be great what? i think he is definitely going to be above average he's still so young justin fields yeah. dude he's gonna be like, hey, <laughs> yeah, that's how i felt dude dude <laughs> he should be a panther right now and he should uh, be okay um, i just i don't know if he can throw Good enough to be a long... Yeah, you know, that's because long, he was yeah. also no throwing to you and me. That is true. And his, and his D-line was just not focused. I mean, his O-line is just not focused. But now they're beefed up. And they drafted a guy, it was 10th, 11th overall, something like that, out of Tennessee, who's supposed to be really good, Darnell Wright. So you never know. But, of course, all it takes is one bad hit and a broken bone, and that derails his career completely. Now he's so. got DJ Moore, too, to throw to. Yeah, we don't need to pour, pour salt on that wound. Yeah. 
man i i wish we were together for that bears commanders game last year uh, I wish I wasn't there for anything because that was a that was bad. Twelve to seven. Look at the box score. Might as well watch paint dry. Carson Wentz, twelve of twenty-two, ninety-nine yards passing in the game. Ninety-nine yards. Justin Fields, they had a long, they had a sixty-three yarder to Herbert, and he would have had around one hundred and twenty yards in that game. And do you remember how it ended? It ended. Um, who was the receiver? Um, oh, I'm looking at rushing. Who was the Oh, Mooney. It was Mooney. Old two-lane guy, right? Yep. Uh, catches the ball at the goal line, basically the one, but didn't get it over, and that's how the game ended on the one-inch line. Like, uh, Just a, a terrible game with terrible teams, and here we are. I kind of just control-alt-delete everything from last season. That's what I try to do. But but then the second half of the season, you guys just played in like 50 to 45 games, right? Like just yep. kept scoring. And yep, so many points. Most of it was on the ground. Um, I know we let David Montgomery walk. He's now with the Lions. But that's weird. There, There is some hope. At least they're on the right path. And like anyone knows, as long as you're on the path, even if you're at the very start of it, as long as you're moving forward, that's all that matters. Who's all-time favorite bear that you watched? Oh, Not like me. Walter Payton or anybody, but like... Yeah, for me, I grew up, um, you know, I was born in 97, so I was around during the Brian Urlacher days, and because he was so good, and that's basically all they were known for. Not like I was getting hyped up about Rex Grossman, so I really liked him. Um, on offense, actually kind of a little bit of shared interest here. Moose and Muhammad... Played yes, for sir. the Bears for a while. Wonderful guy for the Panthers. Um, and then Thomas Jones out of the backfield. But oh, yeah. the Bears have never been fun offensively. I know. Never once. Yeah. So I would, I'm would. i okay if they're bad. I'm just excited for them to be exciting. Because if you lose, <laughs> but you put up 35 points, at least I saw something. Yeah. I can't do 12 to 7 much longer. Did you mention Hester? Uh, he is one of them. I... As a guy that also liked to play Madden games, I really liked him, but he was always so frustrating because I'd put him in at wide receiver in Madden and he'd be great, and he never did anything at at wide receiver in real life. So I saw the Panthers are putting Moose and Julius Peppers. In the ring of honor is what they're calling it. So, yes, uh, right now there's Jake DeLome, um, uh, Wesley Walls. uh, We got um, Steve Smith. And Jordan Gross. So now Moose and Muhammad and now uh, uh, Julius Peppers will now join them. Especially Julius Peppers. I think that's a, a while overdue. Another former Bear, right? Yep. Yes. A, f- a lot of former, a whole bunch of things. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Garrett. Uh, what you got going on the rest of the summer? Honestly, just kind of waiting game till uh, ECU rolls around. But like I said earlier, Little League Softball World Series comes around. Yeah. A um, little bit of American Legion baseball going on right now. That season is, I believe, um, getting towards the end. And, of course, always Down East Wood Ducks going on. And they are – they won the first half of the season for the Carolina League North Division. And they're doing decent enough. They're towards the top of the divisions for the second half of the season, although that just started. It's kind of neat to see, like, what the Orioles are doing right now and what the um, – who's another good example of a young team like the the reds uh those teams but the rangers are an example of that too and we kind of saw it all start to happen three four whatever years ago with these guys coming through the wood ducks and their draft picks and everything and now they're in first place in the al west the the thing to do in major league baseball is to just get really 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 bad for a few years and then uh turn it into a winner eventually and the o's have done that the uh, Reds look like they have done it, and the um, 
Rangers doing the same thing. Yeah, especially with the Rangers. They drafted a lot of talent, a lot of pitchers for a few years, and then they started putting their money where their mouth is. And a lot of that, I think, just comes down to timing, which a lot of teams are kind of refuse to do. But if you do it right, you build up your farm system, and then you actually pay some people. You know, you save up money for a few years if you're really bad. Yeah. I'm not saying go Oakland A's on anyone, but save up your money and then go push the chips into the middle of the table. You can come away with a win. Draft some guys, bring in a Seager, and exactly, see what happens. which yeah. he is making more money than I will ever sniff <laughs> in my lifetime. Garrett, thanks for hanging out with us, man. Enjoyed it, and we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me, Garrett Short, the dude. Do you remember when you said dude? Dude. Dude. It's because I said that the Carolina Panthers were going to win the division last year <laughs> at nine and eight, and you said, "Dude, it nearly happened. It almost did. Yeah, it all came down to the last game of the year in Tampa, but it was dude worthy. I think it was very it was dude." I'll uh, we'll take a break. Come back. Hour three. Pirate Radio Live. Going to talk to ECU Hall of Famer Marcus Crandall and uh, Mitchell Galloway, former ECU receiver. Got that on the way, and a giveaway when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs. Uh, run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, and large-scale residential renovations and additions. David Price Construction, the proud ECU home services partner. Call them today at 919-291-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All righty, back with you here, Pirate Radio Live. David Price Construction countdown to panthers practice 16 days away from the first uh practice july 26th at 10 15 a.m all practices on wofford fields unless specified we'll see if we can get uh joey out there with a microphone out in what's that chandler spartanburg, spartanburg. south carolina beautiful facility out there at wofford college what are y'all looking forward to this training camp what are you keeping an eye on what are your questions uh, that you want answered you go ahead John, you first uh i guess connor's saying from the back row quarterback so i guess you want to see young bryce young ready to see live reps from bryce young i've seen plenty of practice reps and we'll see plenty of uh i guess you know scrimmage reps in, in film study and stuff um and then hey can you park that truck Thank I you. Hate, I hate those people. Out Man, there. they just keep it. Yeah. God. Um, but no, I, I'm. I, I guess I'm looking forward to, other than quarterback, maybe to see how this wide receiver room looks That's because, right. I mean, there's a lot of new faces. I mean, it's a lot of familiar faces around the league with Adam Thielen and DJ Shark, and you got to tie in now in Hayden Hurst, who was a former uh, number one pick for, uh, I believe, Atlanta a few years ago. So. I'm ready to see kind of, you know, I guess this meshes in with the quarterback room, but to see how Bryce Young is connecting with these guys. 
with Adam Adam Thielen, with a Terrace Marshall Jr., who we haven't seen his full potential yet, um, and DJ Shark. And then you also have uh, LaVesca Chenault, who's uh, come on the scene last year, a guy from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, I want to see the chemistry between the quarterback and the wide receivers because they have been – there's been uh, videos surfaced on Twitter where they – they were at like SMU, at SMU's practice facility, like last week, getting reps in. So, really uh, excited to see the chemistry between the, this new uh, wide receiver room and this uh, new number one overall quarterback that we have, Bryce Young. So Bryce Young's being handed the keys, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So he's going to be the guy, which that's that's exciting because that means he's going to get uh, maybe a lot of preseason action. We'll see how much they have him out there. I think so, but I also think. It's going to be a big opportunity for Corral. Yeah, I'm a Matt Corral guy. I went to Washington to draft him a couple years ago. But for me, when it comes to the offseason, I think, like he said as well, the wide receiver group, like the lower end, I want to see who's going to stay on the roster, whether that's Shy Smith or, you know, just those lower names. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, it's going to be interesting with Chin being more free-flowing. we got D'Angelo Hall as the cornerback's coach. If J.C. Horn can stay healthy, that would be great. Um but yeah, it's a good season. Isn't that a shame that <laughs> I God, every homie. time I, I was thinking about that exact thing when I hear D'Angelo Hall, who who had some really good moments uh, with Washington in his career, but all I can think about is hard knocks when DeAndre Hopkins breaks his ankles. He's gonna be I the reason God, why, we homie. He's gonna be the reason why we don't sign him. <laughs> oh no, yeah. that's right. D'Angelo is going to be like, no, I don't want that guy. Hopefully the sales pitch is more like, no, no, you could beat him up in practice. Like <laughs> so. so they got into a little altercation to which DeAndre Hopkins kept repeating, I fear God. I fear God, homie. I fear no man. I fear God, homie. I fear God. I fear God, homie. And then about five minutes later, he makes D'Angelo Hall play, play Twister on the field. He's out there doing a crab Broke walk. his ankle, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, ask. He, he actually literally injured him. Injured him. How serious was the injury? I never like followed up on that after that video. It was just one of those. <laughs> as far as they his, had him help him off the field. As far as I, his yeah, pride goes, he was out for the year. <laughs> but I think he recovered from the injury. Uh, D'Angelo Hall. Yeah, I forgot he was the coach. There. And by the way, you mentioned the Panthers defense. There will be in a new scheme this year. Yep. Uh, <clears> as far <throat> as I know, as long as I've been watching Panthers uh, – Football has always been a 4-3 defense. We'll be seeing a 3-4 defense in this new defensive scheme from a young uh, Ejero Evero, um, who was a head coaching candidate for several teams this past year, but he ends up landing as a defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, yeah, he's the guy that uh, – what, he come from Denver? Yeah, he was he was Denver's <laughs> defensive coordinator last year. And I swore that everybody was just pretending to know who he was and doing groupthink because when I saw the Panthers hired him, everybody was like, home run hire, best hire we've ever had. This is amazing. And and maybe it's just me being dumb. I had never heard of the guy. And I was like, there's no way all you people celebrating right now know who this guy is. Y'all are just, but everybody was really excited yeah well i thought he was gonna get a head coaching position somewhere. so you were excited then i was excited to my whole coaching hiring was kind of a, at a dull because i personally wanted uh which is not gonna be bad because i can't remember his name but that not is frank bad. reich who was our uh, <laughs> who did you oh you wanted the uh the, interim. Our interim head coach that we oh you wanted uh steve wilkes which yeah, i so wanted did, uh but reich i did so did you yeah i want that he put together I can't even be mad. You look at, at this Panther staff. There's four guys right off the top of my head 
that were being looked at as head coaching candidates this past year with Evro that I just mentioned. Obviously, this is including Frank Rock, who is our head coach. Uh, Josh McCown was being looked at as a head coaching candidate. Uh, he's our quarterback coach. And everybody was laughing at that, by yeah. the way. And then but. also Jim Caldwell, who's on the staff. <laughs> Come on, man. I still I, don't know how you guys got the enemy. I have no idea. I don't know why he went there. I don't unless he thinks Ron Rivera is going to get fired and his one chance to be a head coach is to be the interim coach. I don't know why he would go from Patrick. I do know why. Because Sam Howell was a dog. Because I guess he wants to really, really prove he is an offensive genius. And if he can take Sam Howell and, and what Washington has and make them a good, they were one of the worst offenses in the league last year and make them a good offense, then his stock will go tremendously up. But right. I just think it's a tough position to put himself in. He He's taking a risk. I think it's a very big risk. He's taking a huge risk because he's like, all right, I'm tired of not being named a head coach somewhere. Is it because I'm being hidden behind a the performance of, like you basically just said, a Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey in the past? Or even the own coach, I, I, Andy Reid. Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill. Um, because there was a lot of speculation that Andy Reid was the guy calling the plays. And then this he's taking a leap of faith going to Washington, who, I mean, has not put up hardly any offensive numbers in the past few years. And I guess he's he has enough confidence in himself to go to Washington, put up some numbers, maybe win some games for this, for this franchise, and then hopefully, finally, get a head coaching gig. Who gets more passing yards, Sam Howell or Bryce Young next year? Sam Howell. Yeah, look at that smile. You're not even sold on that. I'm pretty sold on it. No. What do you mean, no? I'm going to go with my quarterback, yeah, Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young will clear Sam Howell by, like, I don't see. I don't know about that. I don't no, know about I, that. I, I'm going to say it on record right now. Bryce Young is going to have at least 350 more yards than Sam Howell. Okay, we'll put some. All right, on mark that. this down. Mark this down. We'll put some on that. <laughs> I, I mean, you want to give me yards? I'll definitely take Sam Howell. I, the Panthers are, which Washington could play a lot of boring games too. If they're if Allen and Payne and Young are all healthy, maybe they play a defensive run type game, but. I could see the Panthers playing in similar games. I could see them both being pretty boring next year. You just said young. That reminds me of another, just another question. Next year, both of our big edge rushers are going to need a contract. Us, Brian Burns, you, Chase Young. Who do you think is going to ha- sign the highest number? And who do you think is going to stay with their team? <clears throat> At this point, I hate to say it, I would say Burns because I'm worried about Chase Young. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe he's going to come out and show why he was the rookie of the year and just be dominant. But I'm I'm concerned about that right now. And I feel like this defense, this new defensive scheme that I brought up earlier is kind of the scheme that Brian Burns is meant to be in yeah. from a defensive standpoint. I think this is a, a defensive scheme that he's going to like, that he's going to perform well in. And uh, I think you're going to see a career year for Brian Burns. And that's scary oh, yeah. because who knows who's going to be coming with the cash. If YGM, if, if Gross Matos can really pull it together on the other edge, it might be a mo- it might be one of Brian Burns' best years. We shall see. We already got one bet. We need to keep up. Let's, let's do a lot of these offseason bets. So first Bryce is- Young, more than 350 yards then uh, Sam Howell, Boom. total passing yards. And then I guess, are we going Brian Burns, who has the most money poured into his pocket I think, next I think year? Brian Burns signs a bigger contract than Chase Young. But I also season. took Burns, so. 
we don't have a okay there. throw that out yeah 350 more yards from bryce young than sam howell put it in the sports books and, <laughs> yeah. and hammer it home all right uh <clears throat> joey and i are going head to head on that one all right let's take a break when we return ecu hall of famer marcus crandall and mitch galloway former pirate wide receiver i had a chance to talk to them earlier this afternoon we'll air that interview when we return pirate radio live after this Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection for outdoor shooting sports and accessories and is one of the top firearm dealers anywhere. At Carolina Caliber, they have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wider variety for ladies and youth. Carolina Caliber will buy, sell, and trade. Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is Clip Brock with former Pirates Marcus Crandall and Mitchell Galloway. All right, let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live line and talk to a former Pirate Mitch Galloway joining Marcus Crandall and I here on Pirate Radio Live. And Mitch, we appreciate your time. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Mitch, man. It's great to hear from you again. Uh, you and I have been keeping in touch uh, lately here, but uh, with despite our, you know, daily lives uh, of, um, you know, what we do on a daily basis. But, uh, man, it's good to hear from you and uh, good to have you on the show for sure. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you guys getting in touch and calling. I always look forward to things like this. Well, let's catch uh, people up on what you're up to today, Mitch. So uh, tell us uh, what you're doing these days. What are you up to now? Uh, well, a couple of a lot of things have changed or transpired since I think we last spoke. Um, well, last time I spoke to Marcus uh, in regards to live on the radio and so forth. But still coaching football. Um, still with um, Dean Boyd or Dr. Dean Boyd at York Comprehensive High School, coaching the receivers there now. I, I think the last time I spoke, I was coaching the defensive backs, but I'm now coaching the receivers, which of course is where I played. Uh, so that's uh, that's been intriguing and it's been rewarding at the same time. And then, of course, um, I, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that I'm married. I just celebrated my fifth year and anniversary uh, with my wife, my beautiful wife, Latanya. And uh, she's working right now, so she might not interrupt us. But uh, with all that being said, uh, I have taken in two of my nephews, um, raising them. And they are going to York as well uh, as I attend school and teach. And they are going to be students. So we're just trying to keep, keep the ball moving and keep everything rolling. Man, that's awesome, Mitch. Uh, I know we talked to Larry. We had Larry on a few weeks ago. And, uh, he, you know, of course, he's coaching high school football down there. And I'm not sure if you know that he's uh, he's now becoming the athletic director there. But uh, from what I understand, Larry, um, just as yourself, he coached the defensive side of the ball as well. I think he was the defensive coordinator, I believe. Uh, but what what was it like for you, man, uh, now that you've transitioned from the defensive backs and, and back into receiver? But what was it like for you? coaching defense um defensive backs the, the position that you know used to cover you as a as a player what was it like for you in that transition i, I can tell you that uh, it was eye-opening for for the most part uh, but at the same point in time you know 
I knew what to look for offensively. So I knew what schemes offenses were trying to do to stretch the defense out to make things better for themselves. So it made me a better coach on the defensive side because I already knew what offensively they were trying to do. Um, and, and and it was rewarding because I we have a great group of kids at York. Uh, they are well-behaved. They do everything we ask them to do. Um, sometimes we feel a little outmanned, but at the same point in time, they're going to give us every effort and everything that we got. So now that I'm on the offensive side of the ball, it's just me just kind of instilling all the things that I've learned over the course of my career, whether it be in high school, collegiately, or on the professional ranks, just trying to teach them and instill all those things within them so that they can better themselves and hopefully have that shot to play on the next level. Mitch Galloway joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Mitch, when did you know? Uh, it's awesome you're still in the game of football and doing what you're doing. When did you know that that's something you wanted to do? Did you think uh, back at your time at ECU that, you know, 30 years later you'd still be involved in the game of football somehow? Uh, to be totally honest, I, didn't, I did not think so. Um, I just thought that I would probably go ahead and get it within my career, which was in computers and so forth. However, uh, as I just come around and you be around the game, um, the head coach at the time, of course, is still I'm still under him. He just asked me to come on and be an analyst, so to speak, be an analyst and just kind of help out a little bit and just talk to the kids whenever I had an opportunity or a chance. And then he was the one that kind of pushed the whole uh, uh, coaching aspect. And I told him, I, you know, I just didn't know. I didn't know if I was ready for that opportunity because I didn't want to come in. And, you know, most of the times when you're fresh out of playing, you're kind of a little bit harder on the high school kids because your, your expectations are a little bit higher. So he just told me to take my time whenever I was ready just to kind of come back in. And um, I would say probably within maybe two years, I, I walked back up to him and told him that I was ready to kind of come on board. And that was back in the early 2000s. And uh, we, we made it happen. Made it happen. Awesome, Mitch. You, you talked about um, spreading the knowledge, so to speak, in regards to your, your kids. We call them kids, but, um, you know, they're, they're young men. Uh, growing to uh, growing every day in, in in regards to life and uh, and the sport of football in your position that is, um, what what's this been like as far as you know when you when you talk to kids nowadays uh, I think they they are a little bit more hungry in in regards to uh, they ask a lot of questions about uh, like you said you, you try to ex- give as much knowledge as possible but they ask a lot of questions about say defensive side of the ball they ask a lot of questions of. You know why? Why are we doing this? What's what is this for? And all those kind of things. Um, so your expertise as far as a player, and then, and then being able to transition that into the defensive side, um, it definitely helps those kids a little bit more in regards to that, right? You get you get them uh, seeing the field the way you see it, the way you saw it as you when you played football. And uh, how how do you think they adapt to that as far as the the information that you have given them? Absolutely. I, I think the biggest thing that you know, that I've learned with, with the group of kids that we have is that everything is about, it's not the really the, the, the team of me, but it's more so about the offers. Can I, what can I do to make a play? What can I do to make a highlight tape? But what I tend to learn is that some things never change, and that's watching film. When you can watch film together and you can show them how things come together and it makes, it, it makes the, the defense work or the offense work and so forth, then it, it helps me out. So watching film is probably the biggest thing or the biggest tool that we have, that I have, because anytime they can say, well, coach, I still made that play, I can always go back and say, but you, you could have made that play a lot easier if you would have done your responsibility the way that it was taught. Uh, but so I, I just 
try to break it down to them in that regard. You know, my ministry is just to help the kids in any kind of way I can. Uh, try to be a father figure to them as much as I can and make sure that they make wise decisions. Like you say, they're going to ask a lot of questions. Sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with football. Uh, but when it does pertain to football, I always try to go back and show them the film and show them exactly what is needed, why it's needed, and why each and every person on that field plays a critical and a very relevant role on that side of the ball. Man, I think that's important to admit. You, you coming from a, a small town, small high school, just as myself, man, I, I, I can probably count on – Maybe both hands, how many times I watched film in high school, but it was probably more towards the end of my career, yeah. you know, when we watched uh, when we watched film. But um, I, I, I have to, I think my visualization started early in regards to uh, preparing and all of those things and because we didn't have the film as much. And uh, now you have that, uh, that opportunity to, to do that with those kids. I think it's definitely going to bode well for you all. Absolutely. I, I can tell you this, Mark. Everything is at the click of a button on a, a cell phone. And, and of course, me being a little older, well, us being a little older, you know, I had to kind of learn how the technology worked just to kind of say, look, this is the clip that uh, where you could have worked on something a little bit different, or this is the clip where I thought you might have took a false step or whatever the case may be. And it's just the click of a button where you can just send to them, and it's just instant. So it's instant feedback. In regards to how I send it to them and how they send their response back and say, "Okay, coach, oh, this is what we'll work on next time when we get in practice and so forth." And uh, so, I, yeah, man, we like you said, we we didn't watch film like we should have, but once near the end of our career, we understood the importance of it and we understood why it was, it was it's relevant to the game, even as long as it's, it's in existence. Absolutely, man. And uh, you, you talked about uh, you know not having the coaching uh, as part of your plan, so to speak. Um, and being the computer guy, you know, that, that expertise actually kind of comes into play sometimes right now. It makes it a little bit easier for you, right, to adapt? Yes, absolutely. You know, you got you to gotta think through things. You got, you know, you got to sit down and first, first you got to make a plan. And that's pretty much everything you do from Monday through Thursday. You put together a plan, you go out there and practice it, you practice it, you practice. And then hopefully on Friday you get a chance to make that everything kind of work all together. So I, I just I just hope and pray, man, that, the kids kind of understand that, uh, and I, I tell them this every day. I tell them I love them. I say, look, guys, I'm only here to coach you. And I, I might coach you every play, uh, but some of it's going to be good. Some of it's going to be coaching to make you better. It ain't nothing going to be negative, but it's going to be coaching to make you better. Even when you do something that could be touchdown bases, interception bases, there's always something that you could have done better within that play to make it a little bit better than the last time. So I'm always trying to coach them because I, I want them to excel and I want them to be uh, everything they want to be. I want them to achieve all the goals that they have, but in order to achieve those goals, they can't close doors and not work hard with them. Marcus Crandall, Mitch Galloway here on Pirate Radio Live. And hearing you talk there, Mitch, I'm reminded of uh, Coach Steve Shankweiler, who still has a role here at East Carolina, but finally hung it up as an offensive line coach. But I asked him a few years ago on a media day, I was like, Coach, how do you relate to today's players? You've been in it for so long. And he said, really, the bottom line is that no matter what generation, no matter you know who's the kid, good players want to be coached and they want to be coached hard. And he said that was the same back when you guys played uh, in the 90s. It's the same as it is today. And uh, Mitch, do you find that? You kind of talked about the difference of the, the kid today compared to 30 years ago when you and, uh, and, and Marcus were coming up. But do you find that, that some things don't change uh, in that regard when you're, you're coaching these kids? Absolutely. I, 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 you, you said it best. 
those players that are hungry, that, that want to excel, they're going to want to be coached. They're going to want to know exactly what they've done incorrectly, what they can do to get better. They're always asking, and that's where it comes into play where, uh, like I say, kind of going back watching film with them, uh, just giving them different drills, different routes. Of course, we can easily go back and watch film or, or Google something. But when you're out there in person and you're giving them that, giving them that, that, um, that feedback, you're giving them all that feedback and all the things. It's a personal thing at that particular point in time, and so that builds your relationship. Uh, it, it, it gets it going to where they can now trust you, and then of course you can trust them. So when they get on the field, they come off the field. I can say, "Well, tell me what you saw," so I can tell you what I saw. And we can kind of we can communicate and get things going from that point. So yes. Nothing changes from that standpoint because the good kids, they want to be coached hard. Mitch Galloway joining us, Marcus Crandall and I, Marcus inside the Pirate Radio Studios, and want to go back and talk about some of the playing days. And Marcus, I look at the numbers of the guys we've had on, whether it be Jason Nichols or Larry Shannon, and and just the consistency across the board and, and receivers have that 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 diva moniker put on them <laughs> but i don't know if there was any divas at ecu because everything was so spread out it's amazing to see looking at galloway's numbers uh, as a sophomore 36 catches four touchdowns to go with his 566 yards 46 catches as a junior 48 as a senior just very consistent numbers i remember reading these off with your other guys that you guys spread it around so much so mitch one thing you knew you were going to catch a few balls every day uh, every Saturday, maybe just not 10 or 11 like you might want because uh, the offense was so prolific and spread out. Absolutely. Uh, listen, when, when you, you said two names that uh, – it's funny that you say those names, Jason Nichols and Larry Shannon, because I remember when we went down to Miami and the very first thing that uh, Butch Davis told his guys was, look, these guys are a whole lot better than y'all think. These guys are a whole lot better than y'all think. They got quickness, they got speed, they can run, and they can catch the ball. So I, I just what I want to do is just be that one to piece of my cog in, in the wheel. I just want to do my part, and even if even if I didn't touch the ball, I just wanted to make sure I went out there and ran as hard as I could because I knew eventually it was going to come around. Each week was different, so I knew it was going to come back around. It, it was not my place to to put the ball there. It was my place to go out there and do my take care of my responsibility and do my job. And uh, I, I appreciate those those other guys doing their position of doing everything they need to do. And of course, Mark finding us and uh, make things happen. He always made things happen. You had to keep everybody happy, Marcus. How'd you go about doing that (laughs) with feeding the ball? You know what? (laughs) They were were happy just being there, man. And I I think he kind of alluded to that fact in regards to whether he caught the ball or not. You know, he was there, there to do his job. And so... Um, he also understood that he could get the ball at any opportunity, any opportune time. And so that's why, he, you know, they stayed on the game. They stayed aware into the game uh, on, a, on a play-by-play basis and uh, because they never knew uh, coverage dependent. Man, I could get the rock in the next play, so to speak. And, uh, Mitch, we, we've talked about to the guys um, in regards to, you know, some fond memories of ECU. Uh, what's 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 one of your memories that uh, kind of stick out mostly most to you in regards to your career throughout um, here in Eastern North Carolina and uh, on the football field? Oh man, Mark, if I if I had just had to sit and think, I could probably rattle up about a thousand things. Um, but I would say athletically, probably the biggest thing that I remember was um, against South Carolina on my birthday. Uh, I think I scored three touchdowns if I'm not mistaken and I'm getting a little old so I ain't, I ain't remember things <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but but the one thing that stood out to me 
was that I also gave up an interception because I think the ball hit my hip because I didn't watch the ball all the way in. Ball hit off my hip, got intercepted, returned for a touchdown. That was the one thing out of all the things that happened that day. Even though it was my birthday, flowers, balloons, three touchdowns, that was the one thing that I said, you know what? I wish that didn't happen. Uh, but that, that, that was just the thing that, you know, kept driving me. I wanted to strive for perfection. I kept striving for perfection, whether it was in practice, whether it was in the game, whether it was in the classroom, what, whatever we've we done, we, we strive for perfection. And those guys that you just mentioned, we backed one another. We pushed one another, whether we run and sprint, all those different things. So that was one thing. And then, of course, uh, the other thing that I always mention is Coach Jeff Connors and running those 300s. Lord Jesus. Mm. We know we had we mm. time with that. But you know what? It got to a point where it got easy because that's, that's, what, that's what he did. He made us into – what he called us machines, and it just made it easy for us to come out there and work hard because we knew the benefits of working hard. Man, absolutely, Mitch. That was one of my um, one of my favorite games as well, as I recall. I was I was more happy for you than anything else, man, uh, because South Carolina was one of those teams. You're you're a homegrown South Carolina guy, and um, you know I don't think they heavily recruited you, or maybe not recruited you at all. And then to go back in uh, into their hometown or in their home stadium. And uh, you know, put up the numbers and all of that, and most importantly, get the win. Yep. And uh, I think you're you're more ha- excited about that than anything. But uh, but to put up the numbers and get the win, that's a bonus. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I you know, Mark. I um, uh, the, the the thing is that you know, South Carolina was definitely on the list. Clemson was on the list as well for me to attend. Now, of course, they didn't recruit me because one of the biggest things that they always said was I was too small, and. Of course, they we went a whole lot bigger at receiver from that standpoint. I was, but I was thankful. I was thankful for Coach Dale Steele um, that he happened to see me in a, a football game from Dillon, and he gave me the opportunity to kind of come in and see a couple of different things and talk to me from that standpoint. And um, he just said, "Look, I don't think I want you to do is come up here and watch Deion Johnson because this is where you're going. This is what you're going to play if you come up here to play. If you decide to come up here, Deion Johnson couldn't have been no bigger than me in high school." And I was loving the opportunity just to watch that office roll with Jeff Blake and the crew, Gallimore and all those guys, Clayton Brown. I mean, all those names, man. It just kind of rings a bell and it kind of brings things back into fruition. Where I said, you know what? I was too small then. But once I got into the weight program, got a little bigger, got a little stronger, got faster, made things a whole lot easier. Talking to Mitch Galloway, and uh, Mitch, you mentioned South Carolina, and uh, uh, this current Pirate roster has some South Carolina boys on the roster. In fact, I see one that maybe we'll be more familiar with uh, as the year goes on, but Taquan King is from Dillon, South Carolina, I see. But Mason Garcia, the quarterback, one of my favorite Pirates, uh, Rajay Harris, also a South Carolina kid. So how much are you uh, keeping up with what's going on with ECU football today? And uh, you watching them on Saturdays, trying to, to keep up with your old guys? We're trying to watch them on Saturdays. For the most part, it's kind of like visiting other schools, taking kids to other schools and things of that nature, or to games and things of yeah. that nature. But I am familiar with those names because, uh, they, like I said, they are from South Carolina. Dillon, of course, is in my backyard. Uh, Marlboro County and Dillon were, were main rivalries back then when I went to high school. And, of course, their head coach is uh, Kevin Roller. So he and I played football together. He was my quarterback. Uh, we graduated together. He was my quarterback in high school. So, I keep up with those guys for the most part, and he kind of tells me, you know, we got a kid. I think the Harris kid played, played running back, correct? Yeah, Raja, yeah, yeah. from uh, Burns, I believe. Yes, yes. So we they, they kind of keep me posted on a few things so I can kind of keep my eyes on those different things, especially from the South Carolina kids. And, 
make sure that we back them and support them as much as we can. Well, that's interesting, though. You said a lot of your Saturdays are spent uh, in college football stadiums on, on visits and things like that. So where all do you go uh, throughout the college football season after you're done playing on Friday nights? What do your, your Saturdays look like? My Saturday can look anywhere from Newberry to uh, the University of South Carolina, Clemson, um, a couple other schools that were recruiting our kids. We actually had a kid that is probably going to get accepted up to West Point. Um, and then uh, a couple of schools in Virginia, a little smaller schools and so forth. But Campbell, uh, we're, we're just pretty much all over the place. Yeah. Wherever they need to go, we're loading up the car, putting gas in, and we're riding. That's awesome. That is awesome, man. Good stuff. Talking to Mitch Galloway, joining us. Mitch, uh, he got, who who were your favorite receivers when you were coming up playing while you were in high school, college, and who are your favorite guys to watch today? So we'll go old and new, uh, wide receivers. Who are your favorites? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, let's just kind of go outside the box because I really – when I played in high school, I was a running back. Okay. So I used to watch guys like Gail Stairs, older film. I used to watch Walter Payton. Um, Barry Sanders, Marcus Allen was a big favorite for me as well. Uh, but as I transitioned to wide receiver, to be totally honest, I didn't get a chance to watch much of the, the wide receivers because I was already transitioning from running back to wide receiver. So it's more so Doug Martin and um, Dale Steele just kind of teaching me the game. But I learned from Clayton Driver. I learned from um, uh, Allen Williams. I learned from all the guys that were before me, uh, Gallimore, all those guys that were in the in the fold, I kind of learned from those guys going forward, just kind of learning what to do and what not to do. Now, of course, once I got um, in the professional rank, then you had like the Steve Paskins, you had the Eric Moles, and you had those guys that would just kind of break things down. Andre Reed was probably one of the most prolific wide receivers I've ever seen run because he never took plays off at all. And I don't think I ever saw him drop a pass in practice. So that was the thing that I learned from him just going forward and just kind of moving to those aspects of saying, you know what, this is what these guys are doing to be in professional rank. This is what I kind of need to emulate, but add my own little twist to it to make it work for me. Mentioned uh, Eric Moulds, one of the most underrated receivers so oh, hard I hadn't heard that name in a long time. He was great. Uh, so you mentioned some bills there, Mitch. So uh, tell us about your, your post-ECU career. What did you do in the, in the game of football professionally? Well, I can tell you the very first thing I learned was that it's, uh, it's more of a business than, than expected. I can tell you that. But I can tell you that it's still a game of you going out there having fun, working on your craft, having doing everything that you need to do to, to get better. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more – I'm not going to say it's more competitive, but I'm going to say that the windows are not as open as they would be in college or high school. So you just got to make sure that you are uh, on top of your game, make sure that you're understanding the, the different things as far as how different people are going to approach you. I watch more film of our guys on – our team defensively so I can learn how to beat them so they would make me better. So I always study them, study what foot they had up, study what foot they like to jam, excuse me, what hand they like to jam with so that I could to make sure that I encounter or counter what they were trying to do just to have a better practice and understand what I need to do to get better. Man. And those guys, those guys were great, man. I, I'm saying I had nothing but a great time with those guys. They took care of me for the most part, bought a couple of suits for me and everything and, you know, you don't have a lot of money once you get as a rookie. So they make you do everything. But I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a little short-lived, but, hey, I, I was thankful and blessed. And I give all credit to my, my Lord and Savior, the person's Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he was he just he just put the light on me to say, look, if this guy can make it with, with the power that I put in him, then all of y'all, if y'all just invest in me, I can make it happen for you too. 
Amen, amen, amen to that, brother. Hey, man, the uh, the process never changes, right, Mitch? You, you study and you watch film and uh, you learn how to get better, right? And because, you know, in order to uh, to beat the opponent on um, a regular season game on Sunday, you first have to beat the opponent in training camp, right, uh, to make the roster. And so, uh, you know, just talk about uh, the competitiveness, the competitive spirit that you guys um, had there at, in Buffalo. That's where you went uh, as an undrafted free agent in uh, 1997. Yes. Um, and uh, just talk about that competitive spirit as far as those guys and, and, and uh, competing against those guys on the football field in practice. Absolutely. And I, the, the biggest the biggest thing that I had to learn uh, going there was that their, the length, their arm length, was a whole lot different than the arm length that I was uh, used to going up against. However, uh, I was with one of the greatest receivers of all time, Charlie Joyner. He just basically, look, Galloway, you have one thing that you have been blessed with, and that is speed. A lot of times you don't have to be pitter-patting on the line, working your foot fire. You just need to run. And that's going to scare them more so than anything. So if you just run and just one little quick move, you, you're going to get by. And once you get by them, I'm going to teach them other techniques to kind of reach them and all those kind of different things. But it was very competitive, man, um, very competitive. Uh, a big name that came from South Carolina, of course, that played at Notre Dame was Jeff Burris. He played at Northwestern. And once I got there, he was a safety there. So he was always, always telling me, look, Mitch, this is what we think, I think you need to work on to beat me, to beat maybe Thomas Hill, maybe to beat whoever it was. He says, but you've got to put in the work, and you're going to have to work a little bit extra because it's a little different ball game up here. So I just basically tried to listen to every little thing. I watched. I took a whole lot of mental reps because that's key to taking mental reps while you kind of sit back watching, watching the Eric Moe, watching the Andre Reed, Quinn Early, Steve Pascal watching what they're doing to beat certain things, and that helped me out in the long run. Mitch Galloway joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. And, Marcus, anything else before we let – oh, I did want to ask him this. So He was talking about speed, and I saw uh, you had a kick return for a touchdown during your playing days here at ECU, uh, Mitch. But uh, we talked recently to Jairus McPhail. We were calling him Mr. 419, I think it was, Marcus. Yeah, he had a, ran a 419 when he was with the Dolphins. What was your fastest 40 time? Do you, do you know, Mitch? Oh. I don't think I had anything like that. I think my fast forty time was four two eight. So I, this the, the, <laughs> that that kick return you're speaking of, it was almost like the Red Sea party. I don't know what. <laughs> I think uh, any one of our linemen could have probably scored on that particular. Episode. I had a convoy of about maybe eight guys that was taking it to the end zone. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's funny that we talk about speed because um, I, I'm so honored to have um, played. And, of course, Steve Logan, Doug Martin, and all those guys. But I'm also more honored to have been with Coach Jeff Connors, man. I'm telling you, he has done so much for that program and done so much for us athletically as far as speed and strength. And now that he's about to, and I'm praying that he gets inducted into the East Carolina Hall of Fame because it's so well deserved. It's so it, He's earned it, and I think he's so deserving of it because I'm telling you, I came there running the 4-6, and I left there running the 4-3, 4-2. And, you know, I mean, Jairus, you just echoed what Jairus said. Jairus gave him the credit for, for that speed. Absolutely. And, and uh, Coach Connor's name always comes up, Marcus, in these chats with these uh, former players, teammates of yours. 
Absolutely, man. And uh, you can't say enough about Coach Connors and what he's done for this program. And, and really the results of what he did then are still kind of um, going forward to the, uh, to the Pirate Nation today. Absolutely. All right, uh, Mitch, it's been awesome talking with you, Marcus. Got anything else? Yeah, last thing, man, is, um, you know, all the guys that have been on here, man, I, I just express, you know, while we're on here and, and alive and, and well, uh, my my appreciation for you, brother, um, our time at ECU. Thank you for being a pirate. Thank you for being a good friend, a good teammate, and uh, just a good person overall, man. I appreciate everything that you do and have done. Absolutely, Marks. Man, I express those same sentiments, man. 214 is always in the house. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you, brother. And uh, I'm sure we'll be hooking up pretty soon. And uh, we'll get a chance to check out a couple of games and uh, go from there. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, man. Absolutely, brother. All right. Marcus Crandall, Mitchell Galloway from earlier today. Great conversation with the former Pirate. And we'll check in again with the Cranman coming up this Thursday on Pirate Radio Live. Right now, we will open up the booty bag and make you a winner. If you are lucky, caller number four. We got a giveaway for you. Chandler, do you know what we'll be giving away today? Take a pick. How about we do, let's kick off the week right. Let's do a shrimp taco lunch courtesy of chico shrimp taco lunch on the line 317-1250 new month everybody eligible we'll have our winner and more when we return on pirate radio live after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine has been caring for Pirate Nation and the student-athletes at East Carolina University. For more than 35 years and are the official team physicians for ECU, Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine Center provides a variety of general and specialized operative and non-operative orthopedic services to meet the needs of the patients in eastern North Carolina. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. And congratulations to the kink. Lonnie Kinker was the winner of a shrimp taco lunch from Chico's. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's. Enjoy your favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, Burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more, plus ice cold cervezas and Chico's famous margaritas are always available. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All righty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Here on a Monday, we do a one giveaway per month policy, one winner per month. And a couple guys, Lonnie Kinker, the kink, and uh seems like Jeff Dover like to get in early in the early month. and then they kind of just sit in the weeds until the next month. There is a Pam Odom. Pam Odom. Podum Anna, Pam Odom usually po- like Podum Odom. Podum Odom. <laughs> uh but Pam Odom's usually up there first of the month and yeah. then uh of course Susan Deans, the legends. Yeah. The uh the the regs. The regulars. Uh Busy Bone, Crazy Bone, Lazy Bone also in on the first of the month. Y'all are really young. And don't get my Bone Thugs and Harmony <laughs> reference. I'm sorry. Yeah, I tried. Awesome. I was like, man. 
Wake up, wake up. Would anybody like to sing the lyrics to first of the month by Bone Thugs and Harmony? That's how Ben Mintz got fired. Oh! <laughs> well, then no. I will pass on that. Nobody's getting my references. I'm surrounded by young people. They don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, Man, I, I don't know how to segue to this, but mm. uh, over the weekend I was watching a show that I just learned about about child predators and like the group that brings I'm them down Chris Hansen. it was chris hampson hampson <laughs> crimps <laughs> crimps it was crimps hampson-esque uh but it was on i saw it on hbo max it might have originally came out on prime but it is a group that like works in relationship to in relationship to the police and they uh they get these predators I see him off on the TikTok. damn streets. Yeah, I see him on TikTok a lot. And I got sucked into that. And I have a 14 year old daughter. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, it's <laughs> disturbing. Ruined my weekend. It's disturbing the amount of effort that these people go to. Yeah. To do what they're going to do. And it's just very, um, very uneasy to watch. And uh, Crimps Hampson. Crimps Hampson. I'm, I'm, he's still I, doing I'm it. I'm Crimps Hampson. <laughs> and I need you to sit right there. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Have a seat over Wait, there. what was your name again? Crimps Hampson. <laughs> Crimps. Uh, so that's what I watched. What's the name of it? Undercover Underage. Undercover Underage. And it's uh, headed up by this, um, it's mostly women. There's a couple guys in the group. But this woman that's 38, and her name is Rue but she looks really young and sometimes she does the decoy like when they do the uh the video texting. chats and yeah. stuff and um it is creepy but it is awesome to see them uh go down absolutely and get arrested and p- getting these people off the streets people on the streets what was that <laughs> what, uh who is that royce uh <laughs> Crimps Hampson? <laughs> is this Crimps Hampson? Royce White, playing in the big three, uh, has, tr- <laughs> has... Where are you going with this? Has Trump won shaved into his head. Oh, like gosh. the remaining hair on the side of his head says Trump won. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> uh, so, who used to do... Dennis Rodman used to do stuff like that. Who else had cool stuff in the... Uh, Anthony Mason. Had, re- had always had words and design shaved into his head. We need to ask Patrick Mason on Wednesday if there was something he could shave into his head, what would it be? Great question. That could be the question of the week. Joey, what would be your answer? I used to get designs on the side of my head all the time. Yeah? Yeah, all the time. Uh, it was. Did you have like a specific barber you would always go to? Or yeah, his name was Miami. <laughs> Where was he from? Miami. How about that? Uh, uh, so what? But you put like designs, not words and stuff. Uh, I think I put a word one time for losing a bet with some teammates in soccer. What yeah. was that word? I think it was just the initials of our rival high school. So oh I wow! In my head for a little while. Do you uh, play soccer? Yeah. Yep. All right. Chandler. I, I think I would have the Constitution in cursive <laughs> all the way all the way around my head. I think it's big enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. that's that is true you could put a lot more than the normal person could put on their head i would put um have the whole constitution on my head in season tournament champions and have the new the in season tournament trophy on the side of my head hornets i'm calling it Ooh, and the hornets logo oh, shaped the, in there the too. nba cup just right there nba cup <laughs> oh chad had the um 
in-season tournament prize money win championship five hundred thousand dollars per player reach final game 200k per player reach semifinal game 100k reach quarterfinal game 50k so there is a financial incentive to win the oh we need a break yeah take a break jamie says clip there's a plethora a of plethora videos on youtube crap i don't know if i want to get trapped Dang. back into that <laughs> did pete <laughs> pete Pito the pirate make an appearance. I did not see Pito the pirate on the show. <laughs> oh, that would have been a what a reference, an unfortunate name for our mascot, yeah. Pito the pirate. I'll take a break, come back, and wrap up Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. Quality Equipment is your first full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you now it's time to wrap up prl here's your host flip brock all righty wrapping it up every time shirley's not here we go way over time but that just happens because we're just some guys having a good old time and we'll be back on tuesday three o'clock for an all-new edition of pirate radio live chan man great job today joey fine work as always we appreciate you and uh, great to be back with you. Hope you enjoyed the interviews on today's show. We'll keep them rolling on Tuesday. Got our regulars rolling in, including Mac McCarthy, Mike Mullis, Bryce Williams. And we'll talk to former J.H. Rose Great and Kansas City Chief Cornell Powell. Join us in the Pirate Radio studio. So got all that and you hanging out on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We will talk to you then. For the crew, I'm Cliff Brock. So long, everybody. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Pirate Radio, WGHB Farmville, 1250 at 92.7 FM Greenville, WDLX Washington, 930 at 104.1 FM Washington.